This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is not surprised in the least at the roller coaster ride that is Chelsea FC. Only at Chelsea can you go from being champions to losing your first match of the season to likely relegation candidates. Only at Chelsea. Can you have one of the best managers in the world who took us to a league title in his first season and then watch in horror as rumours abound at his possible departure? Only at Chelsea can the club fall out with their star striker as spectacularly as we have Diego Costa. It's nothing new. Supporters of a certain age remember Dave Sexton falling out with and getting rid of Peter Osgood. We also remember Eddie McCready leaving the club in a cloud, having led us back to the first division. We also remember losing to Carlisle in the first game of the season, who, of course, got relegated that season. Whether we like it or not, Chelsea has always been a soap opera and a long and frustrating roller coaster ride of glorious unpredictability. That's kind of why we love it. Anyway, I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is... The man in the middle. I've, I almost felt like doing a Michael Jackson, come on, motherfucker, but I didn't. I resisted the, the temptation, although not really. Yeah. Right, on tonight's show. Uh, now, on the show tonight, I have got uh, three, uh, well, including me, I suppose it's four-fifths of the Jackson Five, really, isn't it? The first one being the older Jackson, which is, of course, Jonathan Kidd. I'm, I'm, I'm the father, aren't I? Aren't I the, the Are Jackson you? father? Oh, darling, you're not that old. Oh, I am, Chidge. I know. There's not much to discuss on the show tonight, so um, I thought we could talk about gardening, because you planted a rather good um, jasmine, haven't I you? I did. Planted some jasmine. Jasmine and fuchsia you know, I've, and I've got some very rose. good tomatoes, and uh, Tony, Tony's been doing some gardening as well, haven't you, mate? Yes, yeah, so I've been and, uh, um, hacking, hacking weeds down with a machete. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in, in a fit of Chelsea angst. 
you know, pretended, <laughs> I pretended they were Craig Pawson. Yeah. You know what, mate? I, 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 I've, I've often heard you. I've often heard you called called an old hack. So that's quite appropriate, really. <laughs> Very nice. Um, and actually, you know, what, what we also should say is it's a warm welcome back to the Chelsea fancast to the lovely Tony Glover for his first show of the season. And it was delightful, mate. Absolutely delightful uh, to see you, as Marco would say, tarry at the CFC UK stall. And then we we wandered down to the cock for a pint or three, didn't we? We did indeed, and, um, and and we met that very nice lady, Caroline, who's probably cringing now because yeah. we mentioned her and her husband who bought us a drink, didn't they? They did. How great, lovely, great was that? lovely, wonderful, lovely Graham and Caroline. It was an absolute yeah. delight to meet them and lovely to have a chat with them. And thank you for the drink. And she said to me that she's been listening to this show pretty much from the day we started. So God help her, is all I can say. That's a long time, but there you go. <laughs> she, lovely to meet them she both. She looked very sane, didn't she, when you think about it? She that. did, I know, which is even more surprising, really, when you consider that. But there you go. Uh, Tony, great to have you on the show, as always. It's going to be a rig tickler tonight. I can, I, can, uh, I can feel it in me bones. Now, uh, the, uh, the last, but by no means least, uh, member of the uh, four of the Jackson Five is, of course, the lovely Clayton Beerman, whose first show of the season tonight, it is also... Uh, Clayton, you just gone all mash said smash on me. Um, did I? So, I don't know um, what. Oh, did I? Oh, you, I was, you were freaked out by what I said. Okay, not for the first time. <laughs> no, I, I, not for the first time. Um, hello, <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. Hello. What a wonderful start to the season. I'm so glad to be on. Mm. Oh, so me too. I've got nothing, a, I got a, nothing a, to say, but you know. Yeah. Okay. What a joyous way to know. celebrate being champions. Did you summer well, Clayton? Because I haven't. I mean, we didn't see you in the pub on Saturday, which was a great shame. So, and I, and I missed no, you no, at the no, cricket, I, as we always do. Yeah, I know. I did try and get hold of you at the cricket, but I just thought you were ignoring me. Just, just being with your mates, you know, the kid. And um, no, I was, I was probably drunk. Sure, I was, I was probably you know, drunk in a gutter, mate. That's more to the point. Yeah, well, it was only eleven o'clock in the morning, so maybe you were. Um, no, I did summer well. <laughs> Thank you very boy. much indeed. On the show tonight, we'll be asking how poor was Craig Pawson? Did he get it right in sending Cahill and Fabregas off? And uh, if he did, was his overall performance poor, son? Oh, 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 very good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, in part two, uh, we discuss Chelsea's woeful defending, losing their heads, and a stunning debut from new striker Morata which almost snatched a draw from what seemed inevitable defeat. Uh, in part three, we discuss why Chelsea seem to be hell-bent on cash from chaos as the soap opera rumbles on. Has Conte fallen out with the board? What do we do about Costa? And why the hate for Cahill? Uh, in part four, we've got some cracking emails. Jonathan, they have done us proud this week. They really have. I am uh, wonderful, I agree. I they agree. have, yeah, so... Cracking emails from our listeners on nappy shitting, uh, especially for Tony. Uh, the fallout <laughs> from uh, the defeat to Burnley, and there are and are there already similarities with Mourinho's meltdown season? Now, don't forget, as always, you can listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock by going to Mixler mixler.com forward slash chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page uh, and by the way by the way uh people um I, I am now because i'm i don't know why i just had time today so i kind of thought i'd do it a different way but what i do now is that the blog that i put on where i put the podcast up on on the chelseafancast.com website i've kind of put it up early without the podcast but with the embedded mixler player on it so if you go to the chelsea fancast website and see the blog 
uh, you know what we're going to be talking about, and you can listen to it live on the website. The things uh, did, I do did, for did, you people. Did you did you actually do that, or did Leon do it? It's just I a did question. that. <laughs> oh, I right, did okay. that. <laughs> I did that. Yeah, Leon or Gion, as we should call him, Leon. is on next week, making his debut next week. Because Chidge, unlike the Chelsea effing football club, I believe in the youth and I give them their debuts and their chance. Am I right or am I right? Yeah, you're right, mate. Yeah. All right. Right. Okay. Now, uh, after this very short, sweet break, where uh, that rare thing of a, a goal being celebrated by Chelsea, it can be heard. Um, we will be back in a sec. Okay, um, we we really need to <clears throat> start. I mean, I did. I mean, I didn't call this show "The Man in the Middle" because I'm a big fan of Michael Jackson. I am, of course, referring to uh, the uh, the suitably named uh, Craig Poor Son. Um, so we really do need to kick off the old show uh, with a bit of a um, a bit of a chat about him. And I don't know if anybody can hear this at home, but there's a very noisy pigeon that I can see. About he's about. T- 10 feet away from me on the top of the chimney pot <laughs> making a right old hoo-ha i really oh, hope you dude. can hear him i don't know if you can or not but anyway enough of that um okay yeah, first up almost uh, test match special it is <laughs> no, 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 there's a pigeon on the chimney pot i say i say my dear old how marvelous let's have another it, bottle of wine isn't that a UB40 record? There's a chi- there's a pigeon on the chimney pot. <laughs> That's the rat in my kitchen, you great wally. Anyway, enough of this silliness. No more silly. This this show is this show is too silly, as the Monty Python used to say. Um, yeah, we got we've really got to talk about the decisions first up. Um, first up is Cahill. I mean, obviously, I'm a long, 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 long way away, but um, it, it it did look like a bit of a nasty. What? What are you laughing at? Because Alex, Alex, you mentioned the pigeon, and Alex just she she said she thought you were having a wank. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Uh, I'll go on mute. Let's tickle me. I've, <laughs> I've got no answer to that. I have absolutely. I'm. I am forgive, flawed. Forgive by that. my pure mind, but I can't quite make the connection. Perhaps you need. No, to nor can I. I. I will have to ask Alex next time we see her as to what her yeah. very it's perverse fla- imagination was coming up with. Oh, the flapping of the yeah. pigeon. I see. Okay. Yeah. He's well, he's not he's not flapping his wings. He's kind of uh, cleaning his private parts at the moment. He looks like he's he looks like he's giving himself a blowjob. But I couldn't possibly comment. Anyway, enough of this stupidity. Uh, Cahill, Cahill. Talking of stupidity, I think what I'm trying to say is that I I, I couldn't really tell whether it was a sending off uh, offence or not. Um, but what um, what I can say which I thought was quite interesting, was Mark Klassenberg live on TV at the time saying, and I thought this was really, really interesting. And, and I think, you know, in terms of the, the, the overall context of, of, of how Pawson refereed the game, Klassenberg said, he said, look, in my experience, there are some tackles which look bad, uh, but actually they aren't. And he said, you know, luckily I've seen it four or five times on replay and actually it wasn't as bad as it first looked. But if, if you're not 100% sure as a referee, if it looks a bit like an orange card, then take a pause and give a yellow, which I thought was remarkable um, 
clarity from a referee that, let's be honest, we all loathed. But I, I wonder if he had a point there. Um, but I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Jonathan first because Jonathan, of course, is our resident referee. I mean, what I, I ought to say, Jonathan, before people think I'm about to hammer the referees, I think what Paulson did was do it by the letter of the law. But I yes. wondered if perhaps he could have interpreted it differently. Well, Does that make sense? Well, yes. Well, the, the very fact that he just booked Alonso after a minute which was right below me. And all right, you could argue that, which didn't appear on Match of the Day, of course, that the foul. No. You could argue that he did clip the back of his leg. But I didn't think that it was it was really um, too too bad a foul to book him. I, I, I thought it was perhaps, you know, similarly not quite a yellow. But he booked him after a minute. And I said to the person I was sitting next to, the next foul, he might actually send somebody off because I think he's freaked. I think he's freaked out. And that was my view of the whole of the game for Paulson. <clears throat> I think it was a step too far for him and he was out of his depth. And because mm. he kept dropping his cards. Did you notice that? He actually dropped yeah, his whistle. Yeah. He kept, and I thought he's really yeah. freaked by this. He's on, this, is, this is a very big game for him. And uh, so he booked Alonso and he's trying to stamp his authority. And you thought, OK, but now Alonso got a problem. And poor old Mark Alonso was actually on tenterhooks for the whole of the rest of the half because he couldn't really mm. tackle after that, which yeah. is, I suppose, you know, it was a, his first tackle was a hard one. So the, the second that, um, that Gary Cahill um, went into the tackle that went through, I, before he took the card out, I said to the person next to me, he's off. He's off because... Alonso has just been booked. Yeah. And he's he made a rod for his own back. He made a rod yeah, for his own back with that decision, didn't he? But it? also, yeah, there was a kind yeah. of trigger thing. It was a trigger thing. And what the crowd hate is then if the opposition immediately do a tackle that you think, well, you've got to be consistent now, mate. And then he wasn't consistent because there yeah. were Burnley tackles that were similarly innocuous but could be cards. And he just spoke to the player. And that's where well, the well, crowd I think, really gets worked up, you know. Jonathan, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I don't think it's gone up for various reasons, but I, I wrote a blog for Yahoo on this, absolutely nailing this yesterday. And, I mean, uh, I, I want to leave some space for the guys. I don't want to do too much on this. But I, I think there's a good argument that can be made that both Cahill and Fabregas probably, you know, you can understand why they received a red card. But I, I don't think that the crowd were necessarily riled up by that. I think they were riled up more by, you know, every time Chelsea seemed to make a tackle, Clayton, um, he, he he basically gave a foul. And yet whenever Burnley tackled us, he just waved play on. And I, the crowds are not stupid. You know, they can sense when, when, when we've got a referee. And I have to be honest, I've seen this at Stamford Bridge so many times. You go to Man United and you go to Liverpool, the referees invariably are homers. You play at Stamford Bridge and you can almost guarantee that the referee gives everything to the other team. And I cannot for the life of me understand why. And I think it was actually his overall performance and the fact that he missed so much of Burnley and yet penalised us all the time. Oh, That's what got the crowd going, wasn't it, Clayton? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're 100% correct. Agree with, with what you both said. And um, Jonathan sort of um, hit the nail on the head. It's the inconsistencies because... The Alonso tackle, you just thought, oh, for God's sake, you know, that was like a minute in and he booked him and you thought, OK, so Alonso's treading the line. And I thought, mm, he, you know, he's going to get sent off. Uh, the Cahill one from where I sit, which is not too far away from where you sit, I just thought he's gone. The minute he lost it, um, really? having having seen it again, I actually think it wasn't that bad. But you have to say he has to do it on the, on the split second from where he was, studs up 
looked like a bad one. It wasn't a bad one. It's a great shame. Um, so he had to go. Um, it, it was bad. But within about 10 minutes of the Alonso booking, there was basically a challenge by a Burnley player who pulled a Chelsea player back. Virtually identical sort of challenge, no booking. And that's when the crowd got wound up. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, I think the majority of the crowd would be sort of, you know, with the, the Cahill thing would have taken a position and said, right, that's unfortunate, that's really bad. But, you know, if I look at it and if I'm being completely honest, you know, he didn't really give the, the, the referee uh, much of an option. The one thing that, um, you know, so he wasn't consistent. It appeared to us as Chelsea fans, and we're biased, that every single decision that he could have made against us, he did. He didn't let anything go. Although I have to say there were some 50-50 challenges where he did let things go, but the the, the, the pettiness was just ridiculous. Because ultimately you come there to watch the football, not him. You know, yeah. it's not his fault that we didn't defend. You know, that, that that's that's it. But the, the other thing, and I'll, I'm just going to say this, time-wasting, bloody oh. goalkeeper. Oh. We, sp- we spoke about it last year. Yeah. Wave and get on with it and get on with it. How many effing times does he have to wave to tell the goalkeeper to get on with it before he goes and books him for time-wasting? And, you know, the... the the four minutes of added time at the end of that game, you know, ascending off two goals. God knows how many stoppages. The guy was a complete and utter Sir Arthur. But they I all mean, seem to be. Just, I Sorry, mean, gentlemen. it was just absolutely no, ridiculous. I mean, I, look, we lost because because we did, because we, we defended badly and we had no discipline. That's why we lost. But the fact is, it's not fair. There was at least seven or eight minutes of added time that should have been on there. Now, and we would have won it. We would have won it if we'd have had had seven minutes, Clayton. Absolutely, yeah. I reckon we would because our, 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 our the momentum the momentum was with us. The momentum was with us, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, right. I'm going to bring Tony in because it would be remiss of us not not so to do. Um, because I think Clayton. You know, followed on brilliantly from what Jonathan and I were saying there, really, mate. And, you know, I, I think it's a very valid point that there was a real sense of injustice that, that spread through the players to the supporters because he was... Re- I mean, you know, forget the forget the two red cards. You know, his overall performance was a bit shonky. And I, and I actually think that that's what led to Fabregas's yellow card because, you know, basically he penalised Fabregas for being fouled. No wonder Fabregas applauded him. Now, okay, yes, we can yeah. argue that yes. the cows come home about it, you know Fabregas being stupid and petulant because yet again with a pedantic referee, you are going to, to the letter of the law, uh, yes. be yellow carded. But do you, do you have an element of sympathy with Fabregas for his yellow Absolutely. card for dissent? I do, completely. but perhaps uh, perhaps perhaps not for the red card for the tackle <clears> later. Um, the, the tackle later was, I think, just it was a mistimed tackle. It, 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 I know intent and malice have got nothing to do with this. Um, you know, a, a good referee, um, you know, will act like a mature adult. And he yeah. can calm players down at the beginning. Uh, and it, I'm loath to say this, but you can even see Mike Dean doing this from time to time. He'll call a couple over and say, That's, I've had enough already. OK, uh, he didn't do that. He set the tone, as you said. Now with Fabregas, you know, I've I've said it uh, on on Twitter over the weekend. These players are like you and me; they're human beings. I don't, I don't give a shit about this professional 
uh, sheen that's supposed to sit over them where they're supposed to be completely objective and emotion-free automatons out on that pitch. They knew that something was going on uh, and they knew that the referee was bad and it gets under the skin. It was it, The game was heating up anyway, okay? And I think Fabregas' tackle at the end, it was stupid, but he should not... You know, the referee, and, and I know it's dissent, so go over and say to Fabregas, any more of that and you're in the book, son. And I mean yeah. it. Absolutely. Right? But he didn't do it. Okay, so for me, Craig Paulson was a cross between Mr. Bean and Stevie Wonder. All right, it was just one of the worst refereeing <laughs> performances overall. And not only that, I called them the Paulson gang because the line, linesmen, the assistants, yes. call them what you like, were equally bad. Marcus Alonso was pulled down in the box. You must have seen this just because yes. it's now yep. end. Yes, right? absolutely. Yes. It was rugby tackled down and yes. nothing. And I'll tell you now, Chidge, uh, uh, you, again, where I was sitting, there was a point in the second half where uh, we were down, they were, we were attacking our end, uh, the, the, the Matthew Arden end, and a Burnley player, who was being, I think, hassled, it might have been by his Puliqueta at the time, turned, kicked the ball to clear it up the park, it hit a Burnley player in front of him and went behind, and the lino, who was on the corner flag, gave a goal kick. Yeah, I saw that, I saw that. kick! We were absolutely now. I'll say this: I mean, United the fans in in vitriol and bile. Call it what you like, but that was incompetence. Even the Chelsea players were looking at this guy, going, "What? <laughs> what? What? So the rules change that it hits an opposition player, goes behind, and you give yeah. a goal kick?" But but I thought they were all spooked by the crowd. Yes, and they the were very thing. much. So. I really thought they all were. The whole team were. And that, just another, I'm sorry to interrupt. There's another point to make. I don't know if you noticed, but when Rudiger, you know, was knocked over, and there was that period in the second half, in the first half, when he was just was it second half, he was just lying in the penalty area. Um, don't know if you remember that. One yeah. of the Burnley players stamped on him as he went yeah. away. He stamped on him. And once again, the linesman, who was absolutely in line with it, just ignored it. And I was, I was completely up in arms. I, I just, I pretty much stood up in, you know, in Aussies and went, and went for fuck's sake, thinking I'll be thrown out. But and <laughs> a real, real go. Had a real they haven't, go. they haven't heard language like that in the <laughs> East Upper since I was there. there. <laughs> since you were there, Chief, they haven't heard uh, language like that. But no, it was. Um, it, it was, was a, it was it was a shock it was a shocking performance um, I just and I think that, that idea that you've got about there's something about um, if it was if it was United or Liverpool it goes for the home the home side I almost think that we get punished by some referees who think uh, you know this this these fancy dans I'm gonna you know I, I, I'm gonna I'll be, show uh, them I'm, yeah. I'm gonna teach them a lesson but I, just to get back on what you were saying I think I think he. He, he dug his own he dug his own hole because he was being so pedantic with the Fabregas thing because as you say if you do that the clapping it's dissent so it's got to be booked that's that's in the book you know that's a I was told that at at ref ref teaching college you know the teacher said if somebody sarcastically claps you they're in the book but as, uh, but uh, you need to look at him what was going on he was compl- the ludicrousness of Fabregas being fouled. And then yeah. the free kick going the other way. I mean, he, but in a sense, Fabregas should have known that the way it was going, he was going to get booked. I don't think he cared. He just wanted to almost, he was like a flashing him a V sign. He was flashing him the finger, Fabregas. He was saying, you really are incompetent, aren't you? And that was the other problem was they all, you could tell all the players thought he was incompetent. 
And after a bit, he began to think. And I think his team really got spooked by the whole experience and, yeah. uh, and, and almost froze. I thought they started freezing with the whole game, actually. So. Yeah. But do, can, I, I, all right. can I just say, do you not Very think quickly. That, that, that Fabregas is somewhat culpable then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I, look. Because however bad the referee is, yeah. you know, it's a game of football. It's professional. Um, yeah. You know that you're going to get booked. And if you know that the referee's on one... The last thing in the world you want to do is antagonise it. Clayton, one of us. Well, totally. I was going to say was I, I take the point there, but the consistency. I have seen players clap referees' decisions plenty of times yeah, exactly. and just get ticking off. Yeah, okay? yeah. exactly. So yeah. if you're going to apply it, but the standards from the PG Mull or whatever they are are, are are pretty rank. Now some referees that Alex doesn't like, I think, are okay. Or whatever, but there was something desperately missing from, and it's just about the maturity. You take the context. Cahill is not a dirty player. Yeah. So, you know, you you, you probably have something there that early in the game, thirteen minutes in or whatever, to say that was it. If you read Pete Watts's tweets, that it, it's just a sort of standard generic. That's a bad tackle because there was a, a soul showing. Replay show it wasn't as bad as that. You, you it's common sense, and I think. No one's asking for for favours. We're asking for common sense and consistency, and that wasn't shown on Saturday. And we've not seen it so many times. But other clubs will say the same thing: that the levels that, of consistency in refereeing decisions is shocking. But he's trying Spoiler, also. Remember, and I, and I, remember, he's reacting to the assessor in the stands as well. He's, he wants to keep going in the Premier League. Well, so he's, well, he's clearly. Press, it's you know, like you said, Jonathan. I mean, I, I'll take you right back to what you said earlier on. I think you absolutely got that spot on. Is that he's he's he's? I think most of the, his fellow referees recognise that he's not a very good referee. He's got a bit of a reputation, and I think he was out to prove something. And I think yeah. that's exactly what happened. He followed the law absolutely to the letter. Used no emotional intelligence whatsoever, you know, and and was basically quite frankly a pedant. Now, going yeah. just going back to to Fabregas because we really need, need to go to part two in a sec, but. Uh, um, I, 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 I'm inclined to agree with both of you, actually, uh, Clayton and Tony. I, I, you know, I think you're absolutely right. There was no consistency, and I think that's what pissed the crowd off. And by the way, while we're on that subject, if there's anybody out there who thinks for one minute that the Chelsea supporters were booing the players at half-time or at full-time, then I can categorically say to you they were not 150,000%. Those boos were absolutely squared at the referee and his team, which is why he was escorted off the pitch by the security. And in the old days, interestingly enough, I've been watching a lot of the big match reruns from the 70s. In those days, yeah, they're brilliant. In those days, if every time Chelsea scored a goal, we didn't score many in those days. So every time we scored a goal, there was a mass pitch invasion. If this was in 1976, <laughs> if this was 1976, that referee wouldn't have got out of that stadium alive. Now, I, going back to I, the point. Hang on a minute. No, hang on a minute. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. Just let me finish the roll. I, I, also agree, I also agree with Clayton to a certain extent. Whilst I understand and I can you know, absolutely understand the players' frustrations and it's an emotional game and they're passionate and they were really frustrated by that referee. Clayton is right. They're professionals. And worse than that, we were already down to 10 men. Fabregas is supposed to be one of the leaders in the team. And, you know, to, to OK, he got booked stupidly. He knew he was on a yellow. So to go and mistime a challenge like that and get himself self sent off, I think, was, was he let the team down, Clayton, didn't he? Well, when he got sent off, I mean, we, we, we've 3-1. I mean... The whole of the second half, Burnley 
didn't do anything. And at 3-1, they were rocking. And the crowd were up. The minute he got sent off, everybody went, oh, fuck, that's it. And yeah, it just deflated everything. It really did. I, I mean, it was just... Listen, it, 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 it was just mind-numbingly dumb. Um, I just want to go back to the booing thing because I actually thought, and I was probably wrong, and you're gonna all going to shoot me down, what have you. I thought at the end of the first half, there was a section of fans who actually booed, and I don't think it was for a referee. Yes, they booed the referee when they started to walk off, but I think when the halftime whistle went, I thought there was an element of booing. Um, Definitely not, mate. Not having it. Okay, fine. Well, I'll I'll blame my my dodgy ear trumpet. (laughs) All right, listen. On that happy note, on that happy note about uh, Clayton's dodgy ear trumpet, we really have to go to a break because we're... We're over budget on this part already. Now, after the break, we are going to discuss Chelsea's woeful defence. We're actually going to talk about the game, you'll be delighted to know, uh, which was mainly about Chelsea's woeful defending, losing their heads, which we've alluded to a little bit in this part. Uh, And, of course, most encouragingly, there were positives to draw out of this game. There really, really, really were. It doesn't sound like it, but there were. And mainly they were about our new striker, Morata, whose efforts almost snatched a draw from what seemed like inevitable defeat. We will be back with you in a second. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, you're listening to the Chelsea fan because we had a rather a techno- technologically challenging first part and a rather feisty first part, largely because we're still seething about the referee's overall performance, if not necessarily his sending off of Cahill and Fabregas. But actually, it's about time we actually talked about the blooming game. Um, mm. And I mean, you know, I think whether we like it or not, uh, you know, the referee did have a, a negative effect on the game uh, by his actions, right or wrong. But there's no doubt about it. And we were we were alluding to this a minute ago. But, um, you know, the players did lose their heads. They lost the plot in that first half, JK, didn't they? Even before we get into the woeful defending, which we'll park for one second. But I do think they lost their heads a bit. Well, it was it, it seemed to all happen after Cahill was sent off because we were doing yeah. OK and they were they were. Burnley were buzzing about as you'd expect, um, and uh, we did exactly the same in the um, uh, in the Community Shield, didn't we? The second that uh, um, uh, there was a sending off when Pedro was sent off, that everybody seemed to lose concentration, and they seemed to lose concentration. Um, whether that is because the uh, the manager doesn't hasn't got great faith in them at the moment, you wonder why something that last season they had no problem with at all, which was coming back from early goals or coming back from from anything uh, that was going against them, uh, why this suddenly they, they seem to be very uh, weak and weedy. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, they didn't look... They kept giving the ball away. Um, but the main, the main thing was nobody seemed to mark anybody, particularly for uh, um, the headed goals. Um, uh, and everybody was very slow at, 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 um, um, at closing people down. Yeah, it was a... It was, but it all seemed to stem from the moment when there was the sending off, whether it was the sense of unfairness. Um, and in the second half, uh, uh, we happily we uh, we showed some uh, some gumption, but um, 
that by then it was the three nil was looking pretty insurmountable. Mm. But it, I, it just well, let, let's... I have a terrible fear that, of course, Burnley, in fact, won't get any more points away at all for the rest of the season because they were mm. useless in the second half. They didn't know what to do. Yeah. So, well, they, they were 3-0 up the... and they thought they had the game game sorted out by then. And one can understand <laughs> it. I think we re- we really should talk we should talk about the the woeful defending for a second because I think you know Mike mm-hmm. Mike Ferry Mike Ferry who we're going to f- hear from a lot later uh, keeps having little sly digs yeah. in the old Mixler chat room saying we're all can blaming the say, referee, which we're I not. Just make one last point here. One last point. I think we were. Um, I don't think Dave is a very good right uh, a very good wing back. And I think Dave, despite being able to play in these positions, there's no comparison because um, he's not a winger. And that's the thing that Moses always has. Mm. And I think anyway. we, were, we weren't as good by not having him playing um, on the right in the three. Well, yeah, very Moses possibly. But I mean, you know, again, I mean, look, look, just to get back to the point, uh, you know, A, we defended woefully for those three goals. But I think, you know, there is mitigation to be had here. You know, this was not our first team. You know, we had players missing. You know, Moses is, is, you know, whether you like him or not, is key to that. And I think Jonathan's point's absolutely sound. You know, we had yeah. we had a makeshift wing-back, and that doesn't help. But I'm sorry, you know, we, we, we didn't lose this game entirely because the referee was, was you know, had a, had a mare. Uh, you know, the, I have got to be honest, Tone. I mean, we we all sit at that end, and each one of those goals was a shocker. I mean, the marking for uh, Vokes' first goal, and even worse for his second goal. I mean, they just watched him head the ball in. They did. I, I think the second goal was a bloody good goal. I mean, they, they It was a bloody good goal. They, I mean, Kante freaking, couldn't really make a challenge because it was in the penalty no, area, to be fair. He couldn't, yeah, yeah. And, and it was a sublime finish. Uh, I think Courtois could have done better with the first goal and the third goal. Well, you know, that, that man... That he had more space around him uh, than, than if there'd been no players on the pitch. It was like he was on his own. Incredible. Mm. Uh, and, and, and on the back of not being long 2-0 down. You know, you, and, and a, a free kick from a similar place, but on the other side of the pitch that got them the second goal. And it was like we hadn't learned a lesson. Um, so I think there was, there was, I think at that point, though, uh, everything was still rattled. And the only person I could see at the back who was really trying to chivvy them up was Rudiger. I thought he looked fantastic and he was as annoyed as I was. You could see how bloody <laughs> brilliant. Um, you know, and you did. Uh, uh, you must have seen the bit where Louise basically left the ball and shouted for Courtois because I heard him shout it, Thibaut. Yeah, yeah. And Courtois stayed rooted to his line. Finally, came and Louise had to put it out for a corner, and Louise went absolutely fucking ballistic uh, at Courtois, who then came back, and it was Rudiger that was in the middle of him saying, "Shut the fuck up, the Peria. You know, mm. calm down. Try and do that." I was very very impressed with him I think we've got an absolute massive star in the making there uh, and I will say one more thing um, although the defending was bad uh, and we had lost our heads it is very obvious to me that we can do without any one of Pedro William or Hazard but we can't do without two of them mm, that's a very good point which I, 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 I we might we pick up nothing. on that later yeah, yeah we've got nothing the Batshuayi you, you can say what you like about him but he had Absolutely zero service, nothing. And then yeah, when we no, did he... get the ball up there, we were just. Well, I, I want to pick up. I want to pick up on that yeah, later. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, yeah. gonna use you know presenter privilege and say shut the fuck up for a minute. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 no, no, I don't. I don't mean it. No, no, hang on. 
No, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. For avoidance of doubt, there is a difference between me being humorously pissy and me being really pissy, and that was me being humorously pissy. It may have been lost on you. I appreciate that. What I wanted to wanted to say, you know, listen, Clayton. I thought I thought you know, kind of picking up from what Tone was saying, which I thought was a really good point. I might be sitting here moaning about the defending, and I think if you take each case an example, you can make make that point. But you know that was a defence that hadn't played together, and we had a very young lad called Christensen coming on, who I thought actually was superb, and I thought Rudiger really grew into the game. So there maybe is some mitigation for the defending, if we're to be fair. But what I want to ask you, mate, is about Tebow. Is he culpable for any of those goals? Um. I've, I saw the goal live, the first goal, obviously, and I've only just seen it once on replay. When I saw it live, I thought he was unbelievably slow going down for it. Mm. It looked like it was deflected, but I mean, it, it was a it was a shitty goal all round. Um, Tony is a hundred percent correct. Um, mm. There was I don't know what it is with him, but this there was a flashback to basically Arsenal away last year where Cahill mm. screamed at him to come for a ball which was comfortably comfortably his and he didn't do so now i'm i'm basically thinking that this is all about coaching and what they've been told to do but it seems to me that your captain and your main center half has been sent off the two most experienced players in that back four were Louise and Courtois. Courtois is in the position where he can take responsibility for what's happening because he can see everything. He yeah. should be basically bossing it. If you look at the third goal, that ball was not so far away that he couldn't have come for that. And you have to think when he first joined us, he may have come for it. Now, as I say, I think it's coaching more than anything else. But when you've got a completely makeshift back four uh, or back five, as the case may be, somebody's got to take some responsibility. Um, I don't know. I, you know, he's been with us long enough to, to be that person. Um, that, you know, th- these guys are all overcoached now. There's very, very little instinct in the way people play these days. Um, and it seems to me that if something goes off piste, it's just like, well, what do we do? I can't, you know, somebody needs to take responsibility. I thought the marking for, for the third goal was, was just hopeless. Uh, well, it, was, it wasn't hopeless. It was non-existence. Two, two other points. Agree with Rudiger and Christensen. Fantastic. They mm, both played yeah. really well. They basically making their debuts in a car crash. And yeah. I thought they were outstanding. I thought Rudiger was absolutely brilliant. I thought Christensen just looked to the man of born, which is fine, which basically means he'll never play again. But, you know, it, it's, it's basically, <laughs> it is just, you know, they, they looked absolutely fine. Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan mentioned it. And I think a hundred percent, right. I, I actually made a note of this. Conte was wrong on Saturday with his team selection. He should have played either Rudiger or Christensen at right wing back because every single time we have an absolute mare at the back, it's because Dave is not part of that three. You look back at last season, it was always when Moses was out or Alonso was out. Because Dave is a utility player, he gets pulled out. He is not a wing back. He's a full back or he's a bloody good centre back. Yeah. He is not a wing back. He can't cross the ball. No, or beat his, anything. His distribution. Christensen's uh, disallowed goal. Where was he? He was where, where Moses normally was. 
He should have been there. I, I'm very disappointed that Conte didn't pick that pick up on that. Yeah. I thought Christensen was 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 brilliant actually, and I mean, what a what a terrible game to be to be thrust into it, you know, uh, at that age. And I mean, I, I know he's he played for us once before, didn't he? he was he played against the the famous two 0 up at Anfield, but I mean, you know, as, for all intents no, that, and purposes, that, that, it was, that was that was Callus. Callus, yeah, and Callus and Christ. I thought Callus, Callus and Christensen no. played that game. Did he? Well, what? Okay. Yeah, pretty well, sure. Anyway, whatever. Fantastic performance. Perfect, fantastic performance by him in a in a in a really difficult situation. Um, we'll talk about his his chalked off goal in a minute. But uh, Jonathan, I mean, it sounds like we're all doom and gloom. I mean, I know we lost and everything, but um, what I what I, what I have to say is that you know whatever Conte said at half time clearly worked because they came out a different side in the second half. I mean, the energy that they had and the purpose and the directness that they had. Uh, I mean, God's sake, we nearly, we nearly did it. We nearly, you know, like you said earlier on in part one, you know, if that game had gone on for, for seven minutes, added time, not four, we may well have at least nicked a point. Yeah, I think that, that was, uh, it was likely, wasn't it, with the, the, the energy we were putting into it. I mean, I think that's the difference between um, this year and the, uh, um, we're talking about it as if it's already going to be finishing 10th, but this year and the Mourinho year, which is that... Uh, um, you, they would come out after half time having been playing crappily and nothing would happen. Whereas in this instance, uh, they came out and were a um, and were a much better side. So clearly the effort is there. Um, but uh, I'm I'm there's a theory at the moment that um, uh, which he refuted Conte that he actually um, chose a side uh, to show the board that he needs. Um, he needs more people to be bought. He bristled, uh, Jonathan. He bristled he did, at that. He did bristle. He did bristle at that. But I, I felt there were elements of that because I, and we get onto that eventually. I think the um, uh, playing back Shwai from the beginning and not Morata was actually an example of that. Um, uh, but yeah, now you're absolutely right, Chich. The, the second half was completely different and and gives me hope for the for the next few matches, other than, of course, well, well, against Spurs when we won't although, have anybody playing. So. Well, we'll get on to that later. But although, yeah, yeah. although you know, you, you, you say that, and we say that, in fact, but actually the reality is is that we still didn't look like scoring, you know, until well, Morata yeah, well, came well, on. And The reasons that he came on are completely because Batshuayi was, you know, I, I, I know well, you said that he didn't get any service, but I'm sorry, he's... He, well, I, 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 I didn't say that, actually. One of the others did, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think he's, um, uh, he's, he's very good in the six-yard box, but uh, the ball doesn't get across anywhere else. He's got um, lead-like control, and uh, it was embarrassing. And he himself tweeted that he played terribly, and, uh, which I well, think I, I, was an excellent admission, but he, he really wasn't up to it. And, of course, was re- it was shown how poor he was when Morata came on and was absolutely excellent. So, and then there was a moment when, I just get into a sec, but I forget Sorry, mate. When Morata, when Morata scored, he came, went to the halfway line. I don't know if you noticed, he pointed at Conte. He pointed at him. And I wonder mm, whether this... I didn't see that, no. Ah, yeah, yeah, this is what you get from being in the... Uh, in the posh seat. Servant, in the man servant. <laughs> tells what yeah, he, happens. he pointed uh, it out for you, mate. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> He whispered in my ear as I was dozing. He woke he said, you up, didn't he, with your ear trumpet? Morata has scored, and he's look, he's pointing at Conte. And, and you can watch it back on the TV that we have for you here. 
Oh, I said, I, I can't see that. I'm going, let me sleep. Let me sleep for goodness sake. Um, but yeah, so he did. He, that was going on. So you wonder whether what on, he was thinking as well. And of course, there's now a story in the Express. Jesus saying oh, Morata rubbish, is, rubbish. Is, is hating playing for Chelsea and is tweeting Bollocks with Real Madrid. Uh, Fake pals, news. Nothing to do with Chelsea. You just think the press has really got it in for us. They oh, really definitely. have. Yeah. That, they, in for they, me, they in all, for they, me. They, they've they, all got it in for sure. me. Yep. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Indeed. As if we ever start, if we chat about the um, the uh, the Costa um, story, which was just bizarre in its. Um, uh, in, well, we're going to we're going to do that in part three. So don't don't have pre. I know. Don't pre, I know. I'm just pre, I'm giving you a, an opportunity to. Oh, to you're, say you're teasing, Jonathan. You're teasing. You're teasing, aren't you? I was. Listen, I was, going, going I back was. to your going back to your point about Batshuayi. I mean, I I, I, I weirdly I, I got home early enough and sober enough to be able to watch match of the day on Saturday night, and uh, I, I would uh, I would uh, hate to ever give them any praise, but I have to say that I thought Shearer's analysis of Batshuayi was superb and actually I would take it from Shearer because he was a bloody good centre forward whether we like him yeah. or not and 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 he 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 pointed out basically his his naivety and inexperience which was showed up really in in his lack of movement he was always standing yeah. in front of the defenders with his back to goal and never yeah. turning on their shoulder and running into a gap so poor old William who again I thought had an excellent game yes, always probing Always looking for an opportunity, never gives the ball away, and absolute terrier. I love this little chap with the fuzzy hair. I, I I love him. I love him. What more can I say? I love him. If we had a team full of Williams, I'd be a happy man. But anyway, Alan, you know, Alan he was here is a very good pundit. I'm going to stand up for him. I think. Yeah, he's yeah. Really well, fair enough, that. mate. Do you know what? Yeah. As, a, as a slight weird aside, I interviewed him about ten years ago, and for for years after, I had on my CV. I am the only director who ever made Alan Shearer laugh on camera because he has a bit of a <laughs> reputation of being boring, you know, chicken and beans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not anymore. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, the bottom line was I thought he was absolutely yeah. right. Batshuayi does, is, is not, just doesn't have the nous yet to lead the line or have the nous to make those runs which, some, which players like William can find. So uh, going back to the original point that we were talking about with Jonathan, I think that we would have, could have played for 10 hours of Batshuayi on the field and not scored. And that's yeah. a great shame because I I would love to see him I would love to see him evolve into a into a top top player. I think the time has come chaps hasn't it really to talk about Morata. So uh Clayton um what did you think of him? And I mean it's interesting isn't it because the boys were saying, you know, why didn't he start Morata instead of Batshuayi? So first of all, why do you think he didn't start Morata instead of Batshuayi? He's not match fit. Yeah. Simple as that. I mean He looked pretty fit I... to me mate. Yeah, because he played for 20 minutes. If he if he would have started True. the game and been blowing out his ass after 60 minutes, is, was that preferable? I don't know. I mean, mm. the the bat the Batshuayi thing is very interesting. I mean, he was hopeless on on Saturday, but he was basically on his own. He was isolated for the 15 odd minutes uh, that Boga was on. I wasn't 100 percent sure what Boga was supposed to be doing, um, but. But that's you know I'm not slagging him off. I, I'm. Did, did you feel sorry for him a bit? Did you feel sorry oh, for him a God, bit, mate? Massively, massively. Yeah. I thought that was that was an absolute nightmare. I thought that was so unfair. But as I say, I'm not 100 percent sure what he was supposed to be doing. But we're talking about Morata. Conte is a winner. Conte hates losing. So why would he disadvantage himself? He exactly. didn't do that purposely. He's the manager. You have to trust the manager. If exactly. he didn't think Morata was up to it and he wasn't fit, then he didn't play him. 
it's as simple as that. I mean, Morata looked fantastic. We saw for half an hour and we saw what we're getting. You know, obviously, according to the Express, he might be gone by the weekend. But, um, you know, <laughs> the, the thing is, the goal he scored, the run, Crespo, every day of the week, a bending Absolutely. run behind, yep. behind the defence, fantastic. Romulan cloaking device. So exactly. you didn't see him. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. Compact. Can I just say, I think Rudiger, Rudiger looks like Lambourd occasionally as well. Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, no, no, no. But it, it looks, <laughs> looks not, in, not in skill, not in ability. Yeah, I, I think he looks more like Winston Bogle, actually, to be fair. any skill from Bernard Lambourd, who will obviously always be a legend because he scored in a win at Tottenham at White Hart Lane. But yep. l- l- <laughs> we, we digress. The, the, so, basically... Morata looks great. He looks like the real deal, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him playing. Um, but no, I don't. I don't get any of that. Why didn't he start? He didn't start because he's not match fit. Um, you know, Conte so there's there's no no point. nonsense going on with Conte then trying to make a point like the press are trying no. to indicate. No, hundred percent. I would I, absolutely he, he, not. As, as no, he said, as he one said of you, himself. one of you, one of you, one of you, Clayton. Yeah, as, when he bristled. Sorry, go on, Clayton. No, no, no. I just basically <laughs> said, when he bristled, Sorry. when he was asked that, is that a message? He just looked and he glared at the reporter and said, you Ooh, don't know me God. very well. And that I got chilled down my spine. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, frightened just, I'm frightened just hearing you say it now, Tony. When I, when, I went to, when I went to the CPO dinner and he was there, he looked like a charming, charming man. But the one thing that shone through more than anything else was a steely determination and he's a winner. And there's yeah. absolutely yeah. no way that he's going to spunk a game. Okay, the, the community shield. But just going back to, to Morata, the one thing that well, the one thing that he did that I haven't seen a Chelsea centre forward do for a, for a thousand years or more is he wins flick-ons. The yeah. flick-on for the goal for David Luiz. And you think of back to Wembley. I know it's hard to, but the Arsenal game when he came on, he won a couple of balls in the air. So yes. that's it. But you know, so he looks good, and and I understand the reasons why he didn't start. And I, I've got I've got no problem with that whatsoever. The, the flick on the assist for Louise was sublime. He he absolutely knew what he was doing there. He knew where Louise was. That was that was liquid football. <laughs> what what did you think of Louise being in that position though? I mean, I, I personally I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Listen, Chidge, you and I have stood in that pub time after time. Uh, and I've, I've said it before, when Louise was sold before, I got quite upset about it. People like him are what I pay my season ticket money for. Yes, they bollocks things up from time to time, but they entertain, right? And Louise is 100% Chelsea. You know, there was a, I think there was a flashpoint between him and one of the Burnley players where they like locked horns like stags or whatever. And, and his heart is pumping Chelsea, okay? When, did you see what he did? He scored that goal and he was like, uh, not Usain Bolt, like Gatlin, because <laughs> Usain Bolt's a bit of a busted flush. He, he, he went in there, he picked that ball up and he sprinted back. He wanted that game where he started and he wanted to get going again. I absolutely yeah. fucking love David. And he Lewis, was spent, he was spent at the end, wasn't he? I mean, he was yeah, on his back for minutes, oh. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because they, they, you know, the, the, the comparison to Mourinho season, and it's a valid one for the press to make because they want to sell newspapers and, and cause, mm. you know, and, and clickbait and all this. But the fact is, I don't recall ever, apart from maybe one game, seeing that team come out and absolutely fight like that. And from nine men, when, as you said, we got a bit deflated, but we were back within minutes. Absolutely nine men against 11, 
trying to get that equaliser. And it had been for a... If we'd have just had a back heel at the melee that happened literally before the referee the whistle, we would have had 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, you know, well, so I, I think I, actually not not only that. I mean, I mean, whilst we've been praising Morata to the hilt, Jonathan, and, and rightly so, I thought he had a lovely game. It was a bit stupid stabbing the ball in when it was already going in from Christensen cross. And had that gone in, and that we, you know, it would have, we we not only could we have drawn that three all, but of course, in, as, as Tony's saying, and that literally the last kick of the match, uh, Alonso fired the ball in, and if it hit him on the other, if it hit Morata on the other shin, it might well have gone in. Yeah. I... It's it's the moment, isn't it? He's just doing yeah. strikers strikers reaction to the ball coming in. He's not thinking whether he's offside or not. No, and you, you can you understand really, that. You understand it. It's a, well, he should really be thinking. But you know, I'm pleased he was there to an extent because. Uh, oh, oh, I'm hang on! Sure. Breaking news! Breaking news! Jonathan Mark Barfoot says it wasn't going in. I don't know, mate, because I tell you what, from where I I sit in in, in gate seventeen, it it, it uh, and and I know you lot are nowhere near that. So from where I'm sitting, it was going in. Yeah, it, looks, so it looks to me like it was going in. It was going yeah. in. Yeah. From where I was, um, my man... These two boys talk. sit in the bloody shed end, in the lower in the shed end. Oh, yeah, oh well, hang on, even more. Sorry, hang on, hang on. Hang on, more breaking news, more breaking news. Mark Barford says, I was three yards away. So what were you nah. doing in our end, Mark? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out in a minute. Anyway, Jonathan, what I wanted to ask you, really, I mean, I think, I think it was an excellent... Uh, you know, miniature cameo, if you like, from from Morata. But it all goes well, doesn't it? I mean, he looks like a proper striker. And the lovely thing about it, mate, is that he scored on his debut, in other words, 14 matches and 732 minutes quicker than it took Fernando Torres to do, our previous record uh, striker. (laughs) He doesn't look anything like Torres, does he, really? He looks confident. An old old goat in comparison. Um, but yeah, he's very silky. He's got a bit of Aussie about him, you know. There's a bit of, uh, there's a swagger. He's got a, he's, uh, and he's very speedy. Bloody hell! I mean, I, I hope we, uh, I hope it's, um, uh, um, he, uh, the, the prediction he's going to score twenty because he seems to score. He's, what's his ratio? It's, uh, he scores one in three every every third shot he seems to score with. That was what he did with Madrid. Mm. So he's wow. obviously a class act. Um, a proper striker, mate. Very different player from Lukaku. Very different. And uh, and from Costa, you know. And I'll be honest with you, JK. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'm old-fashioned or not. I mean, I, I used to love the old Drogba, but, you know, there was more to Drogba than just a bit of muscle and, and annoyance. You know, he was a good footballer. But I'll be really honest with you. I've always loved strikers who were striker Crespo. There was a lot of talk about Crespo last week, giving Chelsea a lot of love. I love strikers like Crespo. Clever movement great finish with either foot can head the ball you know the complete well, the package one, yeah the other one Chich, was Viali of course who was uh, oh terrific. my favourite my favourite he, he would just write, talk about movement never bloody stopped yeah. you know god you're fantastic Jonathan Viali yeah. has the best movement of any striker I have ever seen ever yeah. bar none seriously I mean I, I used to love watching him play and I used to, I used to watch him not the ball you know, when when we, when we when he was playing for us, he just just watch him because his movement was absolutely you know uh, incomparable. Um, we should move on a bit because uh, can I just make know, one, one point? Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Sorry, I was I was having a brain brain fart. Sorry, I'm just slightly worried that if the alternative to Alonso is Batshuayi and Batshuayi cannot make any progress, um, do you think that Conte was after another striker? And that hasn't worked out. I'm just a bit confused. I think he still is. They're now talking about Van Dyke again, when we've got 
Christensen, who clearly is, uh, um, you know, he was he was voted best Bundesliga player. Why are we looking for another centre half? I, I, I don't get that. I don't We're think not. we are. I, I don't not. think we are, mate. I think that's bullshit. I, I think a striker, certainly. A third striker, I mean, a Lorente, for example, would be fine as a backup yeah. to, uh, to to Morata. And there, I mean, everybody will go, oh, but he plays for Swansea. He's got to be shit. He's not in my FIFA 17 team. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Conte <laughs> rates him. Conte <laughs> likes him. Why? Did I get a bit a great, out of order there? Great character, Chidge. Great character. Thank you. Yeah. I, I am available uh, for, for <laughs> weddings, bar mitzvahs, uh, bongo yeah. drums of speciality. Um, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is that Conte likes Lorente. Uh, he trusts Lorente. And Lorente, as a backup striker, would be would be fine for us. Morata's our top striker. Lorente, a backup. And, you know, Batshuayi will just have to wait his chance, mate. Um, anybody yeah. would like to agree or disagree with that? No, I think that's a good good call. I I, I personally, um, I, I, well, we do we we do need that, and I think you're absolutely right. I think um, these the people who give it uh, these are the same people, by the way, that are dig, that would that dug out Alonso because he used to play for Sunderland. I'm getting a bit of grief on Mixler here saying, but we've got a third striker. He's called Remy. And somebody said, Kevin KT9 says, hashtag free low at Remy. Yeah, I've heard he is available for free. In fact, we'll pay yeah. whoever wants to take him to take him away because he's an absolute pile of arse gravy, as Tony might say. <laughs> well, he's made a glass. That's his problem, isn't it? He's uh, made know, a glass. He, Listen, he boys, we need to... We need more than one game. We need to kind of just move this on a little bit because we're running out of time, as always. Uh, and, and I basically just want to... I want to, to in, a, in a second, I want to like just have a quick look ahead to Spurs because that is a massive concern. But I, before we do that, I, I've just got to say, Clayton, um, you know, it was really weird. I, I kind of left thinking that I should be really angry about this. But actually, I, I left feeling really uplifted for two reasons, really. One, because of the fight and character the team showed trying to, you know, win the game with nine men and almost, you know, getting close to drawing it. They did all right, I felt. But actually more to the point was the the way that the Stamford Bridge crowd responded uh, at the final whistle. I mean, it was wonderfully defiant and it clearly, you know, laid down. We applaud and support the efforts that you've made and we applaud and support the manager. And I, I mean, it's not many times that, that we've seen that in, in, in recent years, but I thought that we laid down a real statement and I was very proud of the, the crowd on, on Saturday for doing that. And as a result, I, I left feeling quite uplifted. I did. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. I, I thought it was a fantastic reaction. I, I, it, it, I mean, Craig Pawson should come every week because he's obviously uh, the conduit to get everybody together because there, totally there was a right. lot of that. There was a lot of injustice. There was a lot of we've been wronged. Um, I mean, it paper over the cracks but I think the crowd reacted in the right way and if anybody actually watched that game on Saturday and with their eyes open you basically got a brand new striker who looks fantastic you had Rudiger and Christensen who looked fantastic and that gave you hope for the future it wasn't like oh my god this has been a pile of crap it's same old same old it's not same old same old we're real bit we are rebuilding (laughs) our squad we will come on to the fact that we are rebuilding it slowly and backwards, but that's not the point. If you wanted to leave that place on Saturday, if we would have, I mean, let's be honest, if we would have actually played a team that were any good, we would have been annihilated. I've yeah. never seen a team down to 10, you know, play against a team with 10 players and then with nine players and what, be 3 nil up and waste time. 
I mean, what does that say about them? They could uh, well, have killed us. What were they worried about? Well, Sean, Sean Dyche was interviewed on Five Live on the way home. I heard it. Praising right. the referee. He, well, yeah, but he was, he was oh, also yeah. very, very good. He said it was difficult because they didn't really know what to do. What do they do? Do they go out and try and get another goal? Do they sit back or whatever? And he basically alluded to that. He said, we just had to kind of see how it went. Um they, they, you know, we were blown out. We were blown out of our asses at the end of the game, but so were the Burnley players. They've been run ragged yeah. for the last twenty minutes, twenty five well, minutes. Well, I mean, if if you think about it, for what was it? For forty minutes, they played against ten men, yeah, and they and they didn't have a look in. And for ten minutes, they played against nine men yeah. and didn't have a look in. Good. The only well, they time did hit the post, they had to be a fair. shot in the second yeah. half, that yeah, they hit the post. Why? One of their players fouled one Which of our players. Rudiger ran oh, into yeah, the back yeah. of one of their players and they got a free kick. And Rudiger got, right, yeah. Rudy got, got booked because he said... Do, do you know what? Just to, just, to cut, just to kind of prove how awful it was and, 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 and the atmosphere that was going on in the stadium there. When that happened, Clayton, because remember I'm right at the other end of the stadium and I, I can't see for Toffee anyway. My immediate reaction was it was going to be a penalty and Rudiger was going to be sent off. Oh, completely. That's exactly what yeah, I thought. Yeah. I thought, oh, my yeah. God, it's a pen. He, he went striding purposely forward. I thought, oh, there we go. End of game. I, I, saw, I thought it was going to happen. Listen, we should really just wrap this up a little bit. I mean, I mean you know, the, the fact of the matter is that whilst we all actually left quite buoyed, actually, and I, I really did. And in a sense, actually, I, this, this is a shame for people who, who are not lucky enough to, to, you know, to be in the stadium and see it, because quite often it can be very different inside the stadium than it is when yes. you're watching on TV. And I think... You know that was one of those days, and and as I said, I I did not leave feeling crestfallen, downhearted at all. I I felt quite pumped up and uplifted by what what I'd seen. But of course, uh, two or three pints into the uh, after match in the Tommy Tucker, Tony, uh, my mood changed a bit because it suddenly the awfulness of the stupidity of having two players sent off uh, dawned on me, and I realised, oh my God, we've got Spurs. On, on Sunday next week. And and actually, the talk in the pub was interesting because the, the first thing that we said was, oh, God, we got we got Spurs next Sunday. The last thing we, we can possibly do is to hand them any advantage. It's their first game at Wembley, right? They've got a horrible track record there. If we, if we can't put out a decent team and we get turned over by them, not only will it give them momentum, possibly, and just what they need, but we, we face the prospect of an early season Spurs DVD. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I wish I should have been there to put a consoling arm around your shoulder and say um, Spurs will have zero advantage um, at Wembley for the fact that it's their temporary home. Um, it'll be like West Ham playing at the London Stadium last season. They'll be all oh, over the hope shop. So. Yeah. Let's hope so. Jonathan, how are you feeling? I mean, you, you, you have a natural pessimism like I do, I know. <laughs> um, I've been intrigued to see who he selects. Um, well, yeah. Who do you uh, think he uh, will select then? Uh, I think he'll play Christensen and, yeah. um, uh, and Rudiger um, and Louise. And I think he'll play Dave right back again. And, oh, no, because he well, Moses, Moses, will, Moses, will be, yeah, but Mo- yeah, Moses will be... Moses will be... He'll be back. Yeah. Well then, well then, yeah, so, it's a great, he'll, he'll have a, he'll have a centre half extra, won't he? So uh, it's a question of the midfield. Will he play uh, Masonda? Um, uh, I, who else is there? What? Because uh, the bench nobody was really there. Is, there, is, there is nobody. Is that... there, well, no, there's a youth, isn't it? There's a youth. He'll play your youth there. No, Kennedy. Yeah, well, funny enough, <laughs> they say, well, no, when, they... when 
seriously, they're reassessing because because of the lack of players, Kennedy suddenly finds himself back well, in, in favour. And I'm not joking you, in the cock garden, when Kennedy was announced, and we were all down that end, weren't we, Cheech? Most of yeah. us were scratching our heads going, oh, I thought he'd gone to Newcastle or Middlesbrough. Yeah. <laughs> we, none of us none of us had realised he was still with us. Yeah, I think it was put on <laughs> hold. It was put on hold, wasn't it, because well, of the situation. But yeah. they were when he, in the inter-game, pre-season, he brought on... Um, uh, well, uh, five substitutes, didn't he, with five minutes to go? Um, some of whom have obviously gone to been loaned, but there are several who actually played quite well. Who I can't remember. It, where does Carl Scott play? Midfield. Midfield. I think he'll give him a go. I really think no. he will. You don't no. reckon? No. You don't reckon he will? Well, who will he put? He's not going to put. Do you think he'll play? He'll play R- Rudiger, Christensen, and. Uh, um, uh, and Louise, and um, uh, no, sorry, and put Louise in midfield. Do you think he well, might? I do think that? he might. I think I he think, might. I, I mean, you know, might. I think he might. I know, because I can't see. Uh, um, I can, you know, Aspie's got to play in the back three. I think you, Jonathan, must, pointed that out absolutely. very, do, very do eloquently not, earlier on. Think? Do you not think that there is a possibility that because of the lack of numbers that he may go for a back four? Because the point is that when we played Spurs at White Hart Lane last year. We were bullied in midfield. We were bullied. Well, that's why I we, think we. Well, that, that's we why I think he might play had, Louise, mate. That's why I think he might play Louise and Kante. Yeah, you know, but, because but, but it was more than being bullied. We were outnumbered. We had Kante well, that's true. and um, Matic in midfield, and they bullied us. They had three against mm. two, and they bullied us. We cannot afford to go into that game with only two midfield. I mean, we haven't got two midfield players, but we can't make the same mistake again. We've basically mm. got to beef up that midfield. I mean, if Pedro's fit, maybe he'll play William in the midfield um, with Louise. We can't, you know, the, the fact is that, I mean, we're going to come on to this, but how a football club in the Premier League can go into the season with two midfield players is... Well, it's insane, isn't it? Criminal. It's insane. Absolutely but back to the point. Criminal. Back to the point, yes. Clayton. Back to the point. Yeah. Um, so you, I mean, I think somebody, somebody on here actually, I think it was the lovely Yarin, Yarin Levy from uh, the Israel Chelsea supporters group. Lovely, lovely lad. Like we met him last year, I think. But anyway, um, he says that Bakayoko is uh, is fighting fit, or it could well be fit for for Sunday, which of course would hopefully solve that problem. Well, it it will do, but he's fighting fit, but hasn't played a football game for how many months? You yeah, know, there is that. It might be good for 45 minutes, maybe an hour, but he ain't going to last 60 minutes. Um, might not need to, you know, it'd be 3-0 up by then. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I despair. I have to say, I've, I'm as angry now as I was when we appointed Rafa at what the club, where we are yeah. now. I just all right, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rein you back in slowly. Okay. Rein right. you back okay. in. Focus, okay. focus, Whoa. focus. Whoa. But I, look, I tell you what. You know, the, the weird thing is, you know, I think it's actually a blessing in disguise that Fabregas has got himself banned for the Spurs game because, you know, I pick it up from what you said last uh, a minute ago. I think we we got run through by Spurs, or our midfield did. Uh, yeah. You know, and if you've got Fabregas in there, they're just going to go straight through him. So actually, I, whether it's Bakayoko, who's a bit of a beast. Or Louise, who you know, his, his first instincts are, are more defensive. I know you might hear me; uh, I might get laughed out of court for that. But I, I would be okay with Louise and Kante as the central, and I, I would still be happy with them playing. You know, the three, uh, three at the back, actually, Clayton. To be honest, I think a lot of it also depends on on whether Pedro's fit because Morata, for me, has got to start. 
and I'd be much happier seeing Pedro and Willian uh, behind behind Morata, I have to say. And I'm quite happy with Alonso and Moses back in tandem, you know, as the wing backs. But uh, obviously, we shall see. Quick, quick predictions, everybody. Jonathan, are we gonna are we gonna get out of this alive or what? Two uh, two. Two two. Okay, yeah. Tony. Yeah, I've I've got two two. I, I've put you money got two, on that. Two two. Okay, uh, yes. uh, Clayton. Uh, it's going to be a draw because they think they're actually their quids in. They, you should have seen the tweets that they that, that those clowns are making about the fact that who we didn't have playing. I think they're going to be overconfident, um, and I think Wembley's going to be overroaring for them. But I don't know. It just you know, or we could get stuffed. Well, I, I, I'm going to. I'm, yeah, I know. I'm going to go for one-one in more in more in hope than expectation. And uh, just to finish it up, uh, the lovely Yaron has reminded me, as if I needed reminding, that I in fact met him before the FA Cup final. I do remember because it was in the Victoria Pub in Paddington, Yaron. So there you go. I'm not quite as senile as you all think I am. Now, uh, before we disappear uh, for a quick break, uh, just a quick plug for the Kerry Dixon show. We started last week. Me and the great man. Sadly, his mobile phone or wherever he was placed where he was we, we, I was speaking to him was not up to scratch and he got a bit Norman Collier and I've told him to never ever ever fo- be on the phone for the show when I've uh, you know in that place so he's gonna he's promised me that he won't and he'll be in the right place this week uh anyway so that'll be on Thursday uh, so make sure you download it via Acast sound, uh, iTunes and the wonderful sound Clart. now after the break uh, we're going to discuss much to Clayton's delight, I think, who's obviously itching to to uh, to ram it to the board. But uh, why uh, Chelsea seem to be hell-bent on cash from chaos as the soap opera rumbles on? Has Conte fallen out with the board? What do we do about Costa? And why the hate for Cahill? We'll be back in a sec. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Right, we're back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to uh, the Chelsea Fancast, second show of the year, and it's uh, it's all kicking off in Mixler. You know, it's all it's all friendly banter, as they like to say. Uh, I'm not really as horrible as I would like to to, to make people believe. Now, um, having having said that, there's an awful lot of horribleness, huge amount of horribleness going on. Certainly, if you uh, if you if you look at social media and you 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 know you read all the papers or, or, or whatever and watch the news and listen to the radio, all aimed at Chelsea, clubbing chaos, uh, clubbing crisis, Conte about to do a runner and walk away, Costa sticking the knife in, all the all the uh, you know a lot. There's a, there's a group of people. I, I I have to be very careful what I say, but Alex Alex Blesser has gone absolutely <laughs> ballistic today on Twitter uh, about all of this. But uh, also my mate Richard Weeks from We Are the Shed getting lots of grief for creating a Gary Cahill banner and the amount of hate Gary Cahill gets. So I thought you know I I I could have done three parts tonight and said oh bollocks there's nothing to talk about we'll just just do three parts. But actually, I thought, no, we're responsible broadcasters, Mike Ferry, honestly. So when there's news to discuss, we will discuss it, good or bad. So here we go. Um, let's kick off with Conte first. Um, do you think, Jonathan, that Antonio Signore Conte uh, has palpable uh, discord with the board at the moment over the transfers? Um I think it's not only over the transfers. I think it might be uh, with some of the players as well. Because mm. you have to remember that uh, two years ago, um, Mourinho was, was subjected to player power. And uh, I wonder whether that's a problem. Uh, but in the same way, um, what he did with Juventus was uh, slightly similar, wasn't it? He didn't get the players he wanted, so he left. And if he feels... Um, that in order to compete on all the levels necessary, particularly in the Champions League, that he needs a certain type of player and he's not getting it, um, I, I don't think he's going to be happy. Now, we have to be on the... We can't just just um, uh, have a go at the board, who I think uh, uh, are always under pressure over, over transfers, because like the Lukaku transfer, where the press seemed to say, you know, he was pinched... He preferred to go to Mourinho and United. Um, I, th- I think we've established that they asked for 75 million plus either 15 million for the agent or um, uh, uh, Lukaku or, uh, or uh, William or um, another player. They wanted a swap. So that was out of the equation. And I think United played, paid 90 million for him. And United be, are prepared to pay hugely over the odds as as are uh, Man City, and I don't quite understand that because I thought we were doing this um, financial fair play thing, but that seems to be out of the window. But uh, he obviously has a plan, Conte, which is that he liked to have, you know, originally what's it, Ken- Kenyon at the very beginning of all of this said he wanted, you know, two two top players for every position because that's what Madrid had. And we've over the last few years not really gone down that route, you know, since since 2008, um, when we were, uh, we had a, uh, well, um, yeah, I think 2008 was possibly the most competitive side we had for winning in Europe. We haven't, 
um, we haven't really kept it going. They've always been, um, you know, there's been a, a weaker player has come into the side. And I think his vision, having having won last year against all odds and knowing that there were, we were now having to play many more games, was to make five really exceptional signings. And whether it's the board's fault um, or um, uh, that they just don't want to spend the money or they've attempted to spend the money and have been priced out, in which case perhaps he's still pissed off um, because he's then not getting the players he wants. I don't... Are we ever going to know that? I don't know if we ever will know that. Oh, I doubt it. Clayton or Tony, who wants to go first? Uh, Clayton. I'm I'm happy to to pitch in. Um, I, I do blame the board. Not because I think that they're not trying to get players in. I think they are. And I... I think they're basically being sensible. I mean, the whole thing, Lukaku and thinking, OK, we'll pay his price, but we're not paying the surcharge, which is the agent's fees. Fine. I Personally, I think that um, Conte wanted Morata, not Lukaku. I think Lukaku was Emanalo. Totally but, agree. But, but, but we, we will never know. The one thing that I think is completely and utterly beyond belief, the most pathetically stupid thing that we are doing is that we are letting our players go without any replacements. You know, and if you asked anybody at the end of last season about Matic, who apparently has turned into Roy Keane yesterday, um, <laughs> I'm told. I, I, didn't, I thought I didn't it was Zinedine Zidane, actually, Clayton. I didn't see it. You know, the fact is, I like Matic. Matic did a job. We all know that Matic is, is maddeningly inconsistent, you know? All those people on here yesterday who were saying, oh, God, Chelsea gifting Matic to Man United. Where was Matic in the cup final? Remind <laughs> me. You know, exactly. this, this is what you get. And, and, and players move. But why? Why, why, why the fuck would you sell him <laughs> to one of your rivals when they ask for him? Why is he not being... Why is he not there at Chelsea? Why was he not playing on Saturday? Why is he not nailed to a post until midnight on the 31st of August? It's fucking wrong. It's so stupid. It's legend. Absolute legend. Keep it going. How many teams in the Premier League? No, shut up. How many teams in the Premier League start the season? With two fit <laughs> midfield players and one injured, that's three midfield players and two strikers. It's insane. It's I tell you what, Clayton. I, Clayton, Clayton. I hope you're wearing a nappy, mate. That's all I can say. Oh dear. They, can I just say? They, I think the I think the forty million was relevant. I think they probably said United will pay you forty million, but we have to have him now. And nobody for a twenty-nine-year-old player that forty million was just they they, they had to if they wanted to. Okay, do Chelsea need the money? If Man United said, "Oh, you're only going to get thirty million on the thirty-first of August," yeah, do yeah, yeah. Need the money? Yeah. No. Yeah. Do Chelsea need Tony, Tony, Tony? What? Do what, what, Chelsea what, need what, a what, midfield player? Yes. Yes, we did. Tony, Tony, what you, time? Time we heard from you on this, I think. I can't. I cannot compete with with Clayton's rant. Well, no. I think we should all go home now, mate. Actually, we can't can't I'm, get better than that, can we? I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against character and and try and be the voice of reason. Um, <laughs> we need we, we need forty million. Uh, we probably don't, but we've got a stadium to fund. People need to remember that, and we're already looking around for people to lend money into that. And uh, it won't be the Chinese, and it won't be the idea that we're going to build a stadium and it's not going to affect our finances is fucking laughable. 
Okay, so we're going to have to get used to some of this. Okay, uh, I'm glad we didn't get into a bidding war with the likes of PSG or Madrid or Barcelona. I think that's that is that, that that's that's a race to the bottom, in my view, for football in general. Okay. Uh, yes, I think we made some mistakes. I think the fact that we sold Chalabar and Aki to Watford and Bournemouth uh, might tell you more about what we think about their abilities. But had we got another two players, in which I, I, I'm reliably informed by the Blue Squirrel, um, is a distinct possibility. Blue okay. Squirrel. Uh, the Blue Squirrel. We cannot say who the Blue Squirrel is, but we, um, no. we love the Blue Squirrel. Um, I would say that we, if we'd have kept them two players... And got two more players in. Our squad is our squad would not be threadbare. I think we would have cover for positions. Um, you can't have you can't have a squad full of uh, uh, Galacticos. Uh, I think you either want the kids to get the chance occasionally, and therefore you have to have them in the squad. Okay, you're no good moaning at one point. We're not giving the kids a bloody chance, and then moaning when the kids are in the squad. You can't you can't yeah. do it both ways. So I think a balance. I think a bit of balance is needed here. Yes, I think we have made mistakes, but let's lest we forget, two players came on the last day of the transfer last season: Marcus Alonso <clears> and David Luiz. Didn't turn out right, too shabby. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So whilst I take Clayton's point, I, I'm actually really still not ready to put the adult pants on I, myself I, yet. Can I'd, I, can I'd I like just, to. I'd, let, let, let me just respond to that. If you're point, quick, okay. <laughs> I, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to be very. I'm going to be very quick. Yes, we did get. I'm not complaining about the players that came in. We've got three quality players that have come in. I'm very happy with who we've bought, and there's Willie. Um, but I'm just saying. We shouldn't let our players go until oh, we've got with replacements. That. I'm not complaining about what we're doing in the transfer market and bringing players in. We've brought in sheer quality, and I think that's good. What I am complaining about is, is the absolute negligence of leaving our squad threadbare yeah. so that and, when one of our players gets sent <coughs> off on Saturday, yeah. we've got one midfield player. I, I, I agree I, I with that. But I just I, jump in and say I do agree with Clayton that selling to the likes of United or teams like that is a folly. If you're going to sell players, if you're going to sell yeah, Matt, then let him go off somewhere else. Um, yeah, totally, but, you know, you're already reading what Blue more. Squirrel says. Blue Squirrel yeah. says that, um, well, that Matt in the first day pre-season has said, I want to go to United. So, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. Oh, and I mean, you, you, you can understand that. Right, time out. Thank you. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll mute you. Um, I'd like to plough, I'd like to plough a, 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 a kind of, you know, a, a mid, midway furrow between what you've all been saying. Because I think I think the difficulty that we face at the moment is that we that the board. I mean, I remember I I wrote this in an article, my, my latest football London thing. If you want to have a look, it's on the Twitter feed somewhere. But for me, it was quite a cerebral piece, unusually. But and there's also an even better one written by uh, the wonderful Chris Morgan that's on the website actually about this. But I remember talking to Ron Gourlay five six years ago, and he assured me at the time. He said that that, that our number one strategy is for success on the pitch, by which he meant trophies. Because he said, if we win trophies, we earn more money, we have more uh, fame, and we can grow the brand globally. Whether you agree with that or not is immaterial, but that's what their strategy was. And they they would readily invest in players to do that. 
I think that the board strategy has absolutely changed. I think that we are becoming, if, if, if in fact we have become over the last two or three seasons, and this was the root of the Mourinho issue, a balance sheet club. That's where this whole idea of one player in, one player out, or one player out, one player in comes from. They are looking at the balance sheet, and I think Tony's right. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we need to come up with 500 million quid to build a stadium, and Roma's not going to put his own hand in his pocket. Um, where I take serious issue with that is that if they've changed their strategy to be a balance sheet club and therefore are not to be able to not, not prepared to spunk stupid amounts of money on players like Man United, PSG, Man City, Real Madrid, Barcelona are, which I agree with and applaud, then fine. But you have to you have to then manage the expectations. You have to manage your own expectations by saying, well, we, we don't expect to win every trophy under the sun because of this. You have to transmit that to the manager and say, well, you know, we, we think you're great. It's fantastic you won the title. But because of the financial situation and the way that we now run the club, we're not demanding that you win every four trophy. We'd like you to pick up a trophy if you can, but we're not going to fire you if you don't deliver anything. And lastly, that also has to be transmitted to the fans whose expectations also need to be modified. Because as far as all of us are concerned, and I think the relevance to the discussion is, is really for Conte, we're all under the impression that we, we've been feasting on trophies for 20 years or so. And we now expect to win trophies every year because that's what we've enjoyed for nearly 20 years. But the thing is, so do the managers. The managers believe that if they don't deliver trophies every year, they get sacked. And the evidence is there to see because that's what happens. But I get the feeling that the board are still saying to the managers, we expect you to win trophies every year, but we're not going to give you the funds to do it. And I think that's appalling because for the manager, that means they get all of the responsibility and none of the authority. And I, and, and I can understand totally why he's pissed off because he knows he's going to get the boot if he doesn't deliver. Now, what worries me underneath all of this is that if we are becoming a balance sheet club, then, you know, we're going to end up like Arsenal. I can't really see our modern supporter base accepting not winning the Premier League for 10 years or so, or however long it is since Arsenal last won it. I really don't. So for me, there's a massive disconnect here. Now, my final point, I know it's I've been rambling on for a long time, but my final point is, um, is I can't remember what it was now, which is a bit of a shame because it was a cracker, but never mind. <laughs> I seriously can't remember. It's absolutely gone. It's absolutely senior gone. Oh, I know, no. It, yeah, it was a bit of a senior moment. Um, I can't remember. So somebody comment on what I've just said while I try and remember what it was. Jonathan. Are we going to talk about uh, Cahill? Oh, we will in a minute, but this is too much fun. I mean, do you okay. know, do, 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 do you think there's a bit of sense in what I've said there? Yes, I do. I do. Things have changed. Yeah, we yeah, were yeah. spoiled the first few years. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't. I can't. I can't work it out. Uh, you'd have thought so. That'd be the case because we seem to have a. You know, we've sold so many players, and uh, I don't think we've got anywhere near the amount of money from the sales, have we? And of course, you've got to remember that um, um, he's about to get divorced, so another nine billion of his. Uh, Fortune. No, he'll have a prenup. He'll have a prenup, mate. He'll have a prenup. No, I, don't think, I don't think. Oh, yeah. I think that's a red herring. I think that's a red herring. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I th- the other thing I would say is that you know, I, for example, let let's say let's say the board had the balls, which of course I don't think they do. Let's have, let's say they had the balls to come out with and say, you know, okay. This is how it's going to be. We, we, we live in a different world. We're not prepared to be mugged off by, by agents fleecing us of money. We're not pre- we can't compete with the teams that I mentioned a minute ago who flagrantly abuse FFP. Um, 
we, we, we want to get a really good manager in who we believe can win us stuff, even with two hands tied behind our back. But more importantly, who can, who can develop and train on this fantastic uh, talent, wealth of talent that we've got in the young kid, uh, with the young kids. But in doing that, we recognise that it might be three, four, five seasons before we really substantially win anything. But what we want to do is to keep going at that and maybe grow a team that will, will be beating everybody for 10 years after that. You know, I think if they came out and said that, I for one would be okay. I'll give that yeah. a whirl. I'll totally yeah, agree. but I don't. Th- there's no way well. they're going to do it. Their aim, their aim, though, is to communicate more with the supporters and with the club because that's that. Every time I've gone to any of these meetings, that's that's what seems to be very high on their agenda is actually not keeping the club in the dark. But it almost as if if that's at a certain slightly patronising level though it worries me and that the anything that's really important it's bullshit such mate. As what it's PR spin said, they will not communicate which I think is a, they're at fault I think they're heavily at fault with that there is a there is still a feeling of we don't know what on earth is going on so the, the, which I the, think, the other I think thing somebody t- should come out from the PR department and make a statement occasionally then we'd well, feel more it, involved it, it, wouldn't we It'll it'll never happen, despite of the very valiant efforts from the supporters' trust, as as you well yeah. know. But the, the other point that I remember, what the other point I was about to make was that, and I see this in the press. I see this in the press all of the time, and it absolutely makes me do my nut in a in a Clayton-esque way. Where on the one hand, the press will say, "Well, it's all down to Conte, the transfers, and it's all his fault." And how could he let Manu Matic go? It's bullshit. There's an absolute uh, divide now between the, the Chelsea managers. I think are wasted. I think the board think that that they've proved that they know best, and whoever they pick, they could go and pick me and Clayton tomorrow, and we'd still win a trophy, and they'd all take the credit for it. I think that they absolutely don't uh, value managers at all because of the amount of churn they've had while still winning trophies. So, you know, there's an absolute disconnect between the manager, who is not... And the manager basically gives them a list. The transfer committee is Marina Granovskaya, Eugene Tannenbaum and Michael Emanalo. Now, whatever you think about Michael Emanalo, he is more of a football man than the other two. That's for absolute gospel truth. But they're the ones that do the transfers. They're the ones that select the players as well as Conte. He just gives them a list and off they go. So, if Nemanja Matic walks in and demands to go to Man United... Conte can scream blue murder and he's going to go because that's what Roman and the transfer committee say is okay. Same happened with Petr Cech. So if, if you, if you want to know, you know, if, you, if you're angry like we all are about Matic going to United, which for all of us who understand football is absolutely billy bonkers, it's not Conte's fault. He didn't want him to go. Am I right, Clayton? Uh, yeah, well, yes. I mean, it, it, it's, <laughs> well, yes. it, it's, it's, it's insane. I cannot. I just cannot believe the situation that we put ourselves in. It, all we're doing is handing the advantage. I don't care that Matic has gone to Manchester United. I've watched Matic for the last couple of years. I know that he'll have good games and he'll have bad games. Yeah, he'll improve them possibly. And I think you know, and and we were up in arms when we let Czech go to Arsenal. Well, how many trophies have Arsenal won? You know, not very many. I think that as long as you back your manager. It doesn't matter where our ex-players goes. I mean, there's been some bonkers sales over the last couple of years. Absolutely bonkers. But the fact is, and and what's made me absolutely livid, is the fact that they are, again, tying... We've got a great manager, and they are basically tying one hand behind his back again. 
Why? Why and are they, they doing uh, that? Well, I don't be, actually because they, understand. Because they don't care, Clayton. Because they, they've got away with it for so long, they think they're impregnable. So they'll go, oh, well, you know, if, if, if he screws up, we'll fire him. If he walks away, we'll go and get somebody else and we'll still have control. No, I, boards, I boards are all short-termist. Boards are, by their very nature, short-termist because they don't let sit there and last forever. So, that, that, you know, that's, that's what's going on. And I, I think it's really winning. unfair. And we keep yeah. winning trophies, well, and and, the, and I think we've been. I think that's part of it is they keep winning trophies, and so they yeah. always say they get away with it. Need, why do we need new players when you just won a trophy with yeah. with that set of players? What's wrong with them? Why do you need to upgrade them? Which, to an extent, is what um, Levy has been doing at Tottenham, and and is always coming up short. But I think the other thing, Jonathan, is that the board also think, well, you know, having me, me having said that they think in a short-termist view because the average chairman sits around for about five years, or I mean, Chelsea's a bit different from that, and I accept that. I think the board also take the view, you know, we, we would all say that the, the thing that's going to guarantee you success most of all is a bloody good manager given the resources to do the job. I think the board think, well, managers come and managers go. We're the ones that are here all the time. So providing yeah. we get, our, get by the right players... You know, it doesn't matter who manages Chelsea, we'll still be all right. And they, as you said, Jonathan, they've been getting away with it. And I, and I think what will be interesting, much as I don't wish this to happen at all, is what will happen when we stop getting away from it. And we, we, we have three or four seasons outside the top four, God forbid. You know, would it take that for us to, to for them to realise how wrong their strategy is? Who knows? We should shut up about this because there's a couple of other things to talk about. As Jonathan quite rightly pointed out ten minutes ago, sorry, Chidge. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, people. Chidge has been off on one as well. Um, we really should talk about the Costa thing because I mean, having actually, you know, kick kick the board the board in the nuts a bit in the last ten minutes. I have to be honest and say, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a, a bigger load of arse gravy I, I i you know in 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 that article with diego costa and i shall preface this by saying i really do believe that a daily mail journalist randomly pitched up in brazil to dioska's front door and said oh excuse me mr costa i'm from the daily mail can i do a quick interview with you please yeah my ass i mean that oh, was that was coordinated by costa's yeah that was coordinated by Costa's agent and his PR team. What a load of arse gravy. So I've, I've never read such a load of bollocks in my life. I mean, it contradicts everything that Costa's said for the last two years and everything that we know about him. You know, it's absolute, absolute cant, Tony, isn't it? It's, it's, I was very it's, careful how I said that. It was rubbish beyond belief. And uh, I'm afraid there was a poll. Well, I can't remember one of the Twitter polls went out. Uh, and the one word that it was like sum up, you know, is he a, is he a villain? Is he an ex-blue or whatever for Diego Costa? And I said, the one word that's missing from it is tainted. He's been massively tainted by this. Because whatever you think, right, and there's an, an interview, which I will retweet later, where clearly Steve Atkins is sat next to Conti. And Conti says several times, the player and his agent knew from January... They yeah. were not going to be featuring next season. Right. Now, when Conti sends a text, right, remind me, Chidge, JK, Clayton, who released that information about the text? Where did that come from? Because it didn't come from Conti. He didn't go, I texted Diego Costa. If I send you a text now, Chidge, right, and you go public on it, I'm going to be fucking annoyed, right? Because oh, that is Sorry, between mate. you. It could be between <laughs> you and me, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and I would think if you took that and it was information that you then decided to make public, okay, in order to make me look bad, and we'd already discussed it, and it was just a confirmation of an agreement that we discussed three months ago, I would be livid. 
So I think mm. that's partly, you know, responsible for Conte's slightly off demeanour. When he's questioned about Costa, he's been very, very bristly. And I don't blame him. He mm. is very clear. He made it clear back in January when Costa agitated for a move for about a second or third time, because he's probably done it under Mourinho as well. Certainly, it's at least a second time or whatever, that fine, you want to move. You're not my type of player. You know, maybe he had his eyes on Morata or, or whoever at that point. OK, uh, you, you can go. I think what Costa has done has... Do you know what? Do you remember when um, Mourinho was sat first time round and Drogba came out and said there's something very broken at the club, right? But the players took Drogba at one side to calm it down a bit. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get through this season with with with, with the the imposter that was Avram Grant, okay? Um, and and I just don't want Conti to be hung out to dry by fans who stupidly believe that he has mismanaged the Costa situation when in actual <laughs> fact right. he hasn't. And actually, he's not said a word. He's answered questions when he's been asked, and he's answered them in a diplomatic way. He hasn't slagged the player off. Uh, the interview that I will retweet, he looks bemused. Steve Atkins actually joins in, and we don't hear from him very often, other than move on. OK, but he actually says, listen, you can ask him as many times as you like. He's just given you the answer. The player and his agent were told about this in January. How many fucking times do you have to tell these thick old journos, right, that to stop them making the story? And then to, to go and put out this kind of bleeding heart, oh, look at me, I'm being treated like a criminal. Sorry, mate, you're still a multimillionaire, right? You, 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 you're a, you, you're an you know, you're, you're out water skiing with your dog. You're getting all these stupid photographs taken. I'm sorry, I don't miss him. I thought his body language from January stunk. We won the championship. Uh, we won the championship. Christ, did we win that? Uh, we won the premiership uh, uh, in spite of him, not because of him. Okay, what yeah. he did in the first half of the season was outstanding, but he was de a deadbeat for a lot of them games in the second half of the season. And that's my rant. I think that's, yeah. why, that's why Conte couldn't stand it anymore. He couldn't stand his lack of commitment. Because the, the way that Conte likes people to play is the team. It's a team performance. And despite his excellence, you're absolutely right, Tony. He, the second half of the season, he just phoned it in a lot of the time. Yeah. Particularly in, tell, you what, tell you what, Jonathan. The cup final. I know they were all shit, but the cup final in particular, he just didn't make any tackles. Nobody did. Anyway, yeah, no, they sorry. Were all sorry rubbish then. Was that. I, well, I just wanted to ask you, in view of the fact that the, 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 the title of the show is slightly um, Michael Jackson themed, would you, would you describe uh, Diego <laughs> oh. Costa as a smooth criminal? <laughs> I just I've got one thing to say just one one very very quick point Brilliant. anyway right? sorry and that is <laughs> uh, if you if you are a fan he can he can beat it mate right if you're if you're a fan and you're chanting Diego when our players are out there working their nuts yeah, off quite yeah, right. you're a awful. fucking idiot that was awful I do agree with you yeah Thank you. Yeah, Clayton, Clayton, uh, how, how are we going to resolve this? I mean, you know, my feeling is actually that the, the board have handled it quite well. They issued a statement today saying, listen, mate, get off your ass in Brazil. You've got a contract with us. You need to come back and fulfil your contract. Um, I, I'm inclined to try and get rid of them as quickly as possible. But I do I do take their point that they're not prepared to. I think Atletico only want to pay 25 million for him and we value him at 50. So I. I, I'm kind of with the board on this, but we do need to sort this out and get get him out sooner or later because he's he's a you know it's it's not good, is it? I I would do what every other club does to us. I just basically say he's fifty million. You take him or leave him, and if mm. I just basically, I I stick him in the stiffs. I I just I I what he's done to us is contemptible. It really is contemptible. I mean, 
I, uh, this time last year, we were on, I was on the fan cast, and Costa had basically been booked twice in the first two games after, um, you know, everybody said you can't talk back to referees and Costa had talked back to referees. And I basically said, if we can get a replacement, I'd sell him. You know, the the story is that part of the reason why Mourinho got the, got the old tin tack the last time was because he wanted Costa out. Mm. And the players went behind his back. You know, certain players went behind his back and said, no, we don't want Costa to go. So, you know, result that that's happening again. That's so, happening again. They all like Costa. They yeah. all like him. Because Mourinho. he's a character, you see. He's, an, yeah. he's a complete and utter balm cake. And I would he imagine... Is, he is, but... But you know he's he's a he's a pal to the players and they think he's being treated badly. Well, yeah. You know, well, here, the, here's the, the new, here's is... the news, chaps. Here's the news, chaps. You don't get to pick who you play with. You get to tell what you you get to do what you're yeah. fucking well told. So yeah, exactly. shut you know, it. The, the fact is that he's he's been identified as trouble. You see all those videos behind the scenes. I mean, the what was it? The fire extinguisher. He looks like a he looks like a school kid. I mean, he's he's yeah. obviously, you know, but. In in three seasons, he's won two Premier League titles with us. In two of those seasons, one season he didn't turn up until after Mourinho had been sacked. And last season, he didn't turn up after Christmas. We don't need that. You know, that it, it, absolute poison. Well, but it's, it's, as I said, he, Conte can't stand that. Conte wants a proper player. You can see Morata is a... Uh, as a proper team player and will fit in and, and uh, is also is, is more intelligent. He's a more intelligent player, even on the, the brief period I've seen him. But I've seen him, you know, you watch a few YouTube videos and he's he's, a, he's, he's, he's really on the case. Except what you get with Costa is this belligerency and this skill and these the dark arts. You get that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah but, uh, but how often? Yeah, yeah, when he when he wants to, when exactly. He wants to. Yeah. So in a sense, All right. what he what he's done, you just have to accept. There's a, well, you don't accept it. It's dreadful, but it's typical. It's typical of him. It's typical of that character. It, it, and mm-hmm. it's, it's also you you know the Daily Mail were, were were appalling, but at the same time, the timing of the journalism was sort of spot on because they they coincided it beautifully with a moment when Chelsea were low, and they loved doing it. But and you notice the amount of coverage that Man U have got now. Because everybody thinks, oh, good, they're back into it. And they all support Man U or Liverpool. So, it, you know, it, mm. it, it, the, the, in the best of all worlds, we'd be um, constantly 10th and, uh, and constantly getting rid of every player and it all falling apart. And Man United or Liverpool would be winning the league. That's what everybody wants. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I think just to wrap this up on Costa, um, you know, I had my doubts before now with what had been going on. But after that interview, uh, get get rid Good riddance, yeah. I'm afraid. He was great. He was great, and I loved him. I lo- and what a what a great player to have on your side. I mean, everybody hated him apart from us, but everybody else would have had him in their side like a shot. And I get that, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the team. And I think as Tony and and, and the others were, were pointing out, you know, Conte uh, is that kind of a manager. He believes in the team ethic, and if you if you fuck with that then you're not welcome and I think that's the case look very quickly talking of the team uh, we, we all support a team we all support a team called Chelsea and they play in blue and they have lots of lovely players who we love and adore because they're in, playing blue and they're our team Chelsea so why in God's earth do people hate our captain Gary Cahill so much it does my nut in Clayton uh, well they're not supporters well, and, you know, you, you, you're you're basically you're basically looking at no marks on social media. 
you're not looking. Have you ever been into the ground and people have booed Gary Cahill? I haven't ever no. heard it. Nope, you know, nope. you, you, you watch these players, you watch Gary Cahill. Gary Cahill has has a certain thing about him where he's not the best centre-half we've ever had and he, he won't be the worst centre-half we've ever had. He puts his nuts on the line. You know, he makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But all I can see is somebody that bleeds blue and I've got no problem with him. Um, and, and anybody who has got a problem with him isn't a supporter. I mean... You just have to look and see what he does when he's on the pitch. If he screws up, he screws up. He don't do it purposely. It's like he any doesn't of them. hide. You know, he doesn't I mean, hide though. Where, where where are all the boo boys for for David Luiz on on Saturday when he screwed up with the third goal? They weren't there. You know, you see what you want to see. If you want to blame Cahill for anything, if people were having a go, I mean, I didn't see it. I just I stayed away. I was so sick on Saturday. But I mean, were people were people blaming him for getting sent off? I mean, no. is that what, where where this has all come from? No, I mean, this I, is mainly I, emanated. This is mainly emanated from social media, Twitter in, in particular. But but Richard Weeks, he's a lovely lad, and he he's the kind of main guy behind We Are the Shed, and he yeah, organises yeah. a lot of the flags and banners. And he's been what he's been doing recently is uh, getting people to donate and fund a lot of the flag displays, a lot of them around the players. And he's been doing a Cahill one, and he's been getting absolutely eviscerated on Twitter by these people i know not where they come from uh, i think i think a lot of the comments on on twitter here which are far too rude to read out but many of them involve the c word about these people are quite accurate um i would actually hasten to add actually clayton picking up on your point i i, I looked through a lot of them uh, that were giving uh, richard and we are the shed grief and i follow none of them and even more interestingly none of them follow me which i think says a lot actually without blowing my own trumpet but I don't think we're going to see many of these kids in the ground. They're, they're not part they're of our not, lot. Then you know, it, it's basically as you said before. They're not on their PS4. Then Gary Cahill's not in in the dream teams, and, and Gary Cahill's this, that, and the other. Everybody needs a Gary Cahill. You know, um, I mean, I'm not. Football's changed. Football's completely different. But you made the point. Uh, I can't remember whether it was in the script or what have you. He's English. We got an English captain. I think that's great. I mean, well, and we're an English club, Clayton. You yeah, know, I mean, I know. I know it's a bit of a kind of a weird anathema in this day and age, you know. And yeah. I know that we have a foreign owner and a foreign manager, and most of our team are foreign. But I'm sorry, Chelsea is an English club based in the capital city of England, and I, for yeah. one, am proud of that. And I, for one, am very happy and think it's appropriate that our captain is English. Equally, I, I would have no, pro- I would have no problem with Chelsea captain being from Ulam bloody Bator. But I'm really proud of the fact that our captain is English at an English club based in England and actually also has captain England. For me, that's yes. a good thing. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Right, JK, uh, how, how do you... How, do you want to butt in with this at all? Um, I just think it's ridiculous. Uh, mm. um, he's, you know, he, he played on one leg to win us the Champions League and uh, yeah. um, and he's been a great performer for us. And as you say, I mean, somebody's compiled on Twitter um, a video of all the mistakes he's made, which is just, you know, really unfair. Because uh, uh, you could do that with anybody giving the ball away or anybody being tackled. And they've done it just to prove a point. And they've got a lot of people saying, yeah, look at that, how shitty he is. Yeah, that's dreadful. What on earth is he doing playing for Chelsea? Um, so it's it's just ridiculous. You know, he, he yeah, champ- yeah. at the... Uh, the Community Shield the other day. He was the best Chelsea player on the pitch. His blocking is phenomenal. He's a he's a great tackler. And uh, uh, he made a mistake. Uh, yeah, he makes mistakes occasionally. He's a, no, he's, he made a mistake. He, yeah, you know, 
yeah, it's a yeah, player yeah. out there that doesn't make a mistake. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can, if you wanted to, you go through every video and find somebody giving the ball away, being caught in possession. That happens, you know. But yeah. for goodness sake, to uh, to vilify him completely is absurd. He's uh, he's a top uh, top top Chelsea player, and he deserves everything. But well, very quickly, what's happened to the um, the Lampard and Drogba banners? Any anybody got any idea on Mixler there? Because they weren't. I, I, they I weren't, don't. They weren't, I don't know. No, Richard's not in there tonight. I, I will ask. Actually, talking of Dave, Dave will know as well. And actually, that reminded me what you were both saying. Really, one thing that DJ always says, and he says it in the ground, bless him, when people are coating off the players. And I know it's difficult. We're all human, you know. If somebody makes a haul, we get pissed off, and we quite often will have a go. Yeah. It's real. It happens, you know. To, to pretend it doesn't would be stupid. DJ, when that happens, always says, "Stop coating the players off." You know, if you think you can do any better, you go and put your boots on and get out there then. And actually, as he always no, is, the, the funky little genius that is he who must not be named, only a pound, hurry up, is absolutely right. The only other thing I would say, actually, just to kind of wrap this up, is that, I mean, apart from everything else, Cahill's a lovely, lovely lad. I mean, if you talk Listen. to any of the journalists, as I do, as I do, you know, he's, he's, he's very open. He always talks to them. He's really polite. He's a really lovely, solid bloke. And frankly, and in this day and age, with a lot of the Muppets kicking around, Costa being a prime example, we should yeah. be really honoured and proud of the fact that we've got such a, such a grounded, lovely bloke captaining our club. End Thank of. you. That's exactly my point. Well, look so, at any interview, any interview he does... Right, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's proper Chelsea. He he never hides, despite what Kevin in the Mixler room is saying. He never hides. He when he when he when he made he made a bit of a ricket last year. I think it was against Liverpool or whatever. The interview afterwards was heartbreaking to watch. It was right. it was Swansea. It was Swansea. Was it Swansea? When, but when, he, when, he picked yeah. himself up from that, didn't yeah. he? And, and you know, let's 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 we forget some of the captain's goals he got for us last season as well. That was straight Absolutely. out of John Terry. I'm scoring this. I'm getting on the end of that one, right? Absolutely I, I, right. You know, yeah. So you know, sorry, I'm, go on, mate. Uh, well, I, you know, I'm with I'm with completely with Alex on this, smart buddy. Right? She's absolutely right. She had a proper rant about this because it's not so much the criticism of him criticise a player. Of course, we all do, okay? But it's the guns and bombs and the shit and the threats and all this sort of stuff. Oh yeah, kids awful stuff. And that sort of hateful stuff that's going on, right? Uh, and I, she, she, she put out a gif last night, and I said, actually, you're more like Uma Thurman in in in, in um, Kill Bill uh, in the House of Blue Leaves, because she she, well, she went on a rant. She was absolutely right, and she did. And the one cogent point was, she said, if you're using the hashtag not my captain, then here's a hashtag for you: you're not Chelsea. Well, just to, to finally, finally put a note on it, I shall give you the psychotherapeutic viewpoint, which is a lot of these people who are who are. Uh, coming out with this vile stuff are best basically projecting their own inner and unconscious fears and anxieties about their own inadequacies and on that very happy and cerebral note we shall move to part four uh, where we're going to actually go completely bonkers of course we've got some cracking emails actually and we've got the lovely Mike Ferry who is in here tonight actually who as I said I had a bit of Twitterage uh, recently he's a lovely lad uh, from Canada and we're going to be talking about nappy shitting, the fallout from the defeat to Burnley, and are there already similarities with Mourinho's meltdown season? We'll see you in a second. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com 
Okay, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fan Club. It's been an absolute cracking show tonight. A bit long, I'm afraid. A bit, a bit like Andrex. Long, long, and very strong. Uh, and we have the wonderful, uh, salubrious Mr. Jonathan Kidd. We and a have bit soft, the, uh, And a bit soft. And, and a bit soft, exactly. We are really. We're soft-hearted, really. We've got the, uh, the anti-nappy shitter, Mr. Tony Glover. And uh, we've got Yay. the absolutely delightful and usually even-tempered... I mean, actually, Clayton is one of the most laid-back, easy-going, even-tempered people I've ever met, and that's why I love him. Tonight he has been on full rant mode, and it has been a joy to behold. Thank you very much. I've, I've enjoyed... I've been so looking forward to it. I really have, oh, because great. I knew what it's I was going to do back. tonight. I'm so... I was... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm stopping. I'm getting angry again. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you told me you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. You told anyway, me before. Before. Up, sorry, mate. I did. I know. He did. Know. He so, did. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Uncle Jonathan. <laughs> I, I've actually Listen, but, but, that about, about Clayton's rant earlier on, and I described it as Churchillian because it oh, was. It was. It was. It was. It was. Because because Clayton would fight anybody on the beaches right now, and he'll never <laughs> yeah, surrender. Certainly for an ice cream, I would. Certainly for an ice cream. Um, before we go on, I should make make the point that we are because this show is massively going to overrun. Uh, I want to personally dedicate it to Sid Celery, who I love to pieces, as he well knows. And it's about time I saw you in the pub, H, and bought you a cider. But uh, there was a bit of discussion about the Chels who are now doing two podcasts a week and a half an hour. And Sid was saying, "Yeah, half an hour is much better than listening to two hours of bloody Chelsea fan cast." So we had a bit of a pop at each other, as we do. But he did actually then admit, he said, well, I listened to yours in chunks throughout the week, really. So shut up, Chidge, I'm not even going to go really. So, so basically, this extra long version of the fan cast is specially for you, Sid Celery, and we all love you. All right. On that very happy note, Jonathan, uh, time to do the um, emails. Uh, this is from Mike Ferry. Um, Who's in tonight? Says... should say hello. Is he there? He's it, yeah. In... He's, just, he's just mixed oh, hello, He says, should hello, be a Mike weekly three-hour show, he says. Anyway, go on. I hope I do on. this justice. Um, he says, I'd like to begin by saying I'm thoroughly happy to have you all back for my favourite podcast. Oh, that's very nice. All of you share such great knowledge oh, of both the game and the club. And it's a pleasure to listen to the show. Well, that's lovely. Thank you. Uh, I've supported Chelsea for two decades from afar in Canada and have taken great joy in what the team has brought to my life in what has to be considered the golden age of Chelsea. Yeah. This summer, however, we proved once again that we seem to find a way of turning blue skies dark with our transfer dealings. For anyone to claim that there is a nappy shitting problem amongst the supporters, I believe is willfully ignorant of the fact that people are quite aware of the disgraceful state this current squad is in. This quite clearly rests at the foot of the board who sanctioned the sale of Matic to United, along with other terrible decisions that see us begin a season as champions with a threadbare squad. Would anyone fault Conte for walking away? I certainly wouldn't, as he's been let down by the board in achieving what he believes to be the right business in order to not only retain the title, but also competing in three other competitions. A vast number of supporters have been finally realising that there is once again something seriously dysfunctional with this great club. However, there still remains a strong contingent of fans who seem to blindly support the club and see it fit to, fit to blame the referees when things come a cropper. The referee was 100% correct in sending both Cahill and Chesk off, yet people feel laying blame on the referees absolves the team of a woeful performance. 
I can only hope things are rectified immediately as running out, uh, running out a bench of under 21s is not going to cut it. For all the bemoaning of transfer talk that goes on, some fail to realise that these matters are important and just getting to watch proper games again is not going to satisfy the masses when an unsatisfactory squad is fielded. I urge the board to address these issues fast or risk losing yet another world-class manager. Should this constitute as nappy shitting, so be it. But who's playing at Wembley next weekend and should that be accepted as worthy of champions? I think not. Cheers to you all. Keep up the good work. Mike in Canada. Keep the blue flag flying high. It's a good email. Very good. Mm. <laughs> I, I think I, th I think it's an absolute cracker, actually. Um, and I'm going to... And I, 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 there's, there's very little I could disagree with that in that email, but I'd, I'd like to hear what, what Tony has to say. Because Tony... You know what? What Tony doesn't know is that when when I was talking to Mike, I, I think he he was a bit upset about the fact that we hurl nappy shitting around a lot, and and was perhaps perhaps thinking that maybe we were accusing him of doing nappy shitting, which I, I we weren't. But uh, I'd, I'd like to. I'd, I think it's a bit more nuanced than people give us credit for. Tony, would would you not agree? It it is. Look, um, I disagree with some some uh, several points he's made there. Um, but the nappy shitting thing isn't people, you know, if you're going to go on Twitter or you come onto a forum or you, you whatever, and you, you want to say something, criticize it, then back it up. With it. I just want an argument that's based in fact or evidence or backed up, not just somebody sits there and goes, okay, shit, because that isn't anything. That's just a, a statement of stupidity. We were shit. I disagree that we have a threadbare squad. We have a lower squad than we, we might, well, might well want, but we've spent 130 odd million pound. We spent 130 odd million pound. I, I, there's not many clubs that have spent more than that uh, in the Premier. Tottenham have spent absolutely nothing so far. Arsenal have spent a fraction of that. Um, you know, so I, th I, I, I don't agree with that. I think he's right in the sense that you know we probably need to support Conte more, but we've covered that off. Um, I disagree that the referee was 100% correct in sending both Kale and Seska. Uh, we, again, we've talked about that. Um, I. I, I the nappy shitting thing is really more aimed at your at the FIFA keyboard warrior, yeah, who sits there and says uh, and tweets, "I've just won the Champions League on FIFA 17 because I beat Barcelona 6-0 in the final." Uh, it's a generation of, of of people that we're bringing up or that seem to think that football. If you don't win a game, uh, four goals to nil, then there's something amiss with it. Uh, I, I watched us lose on Saturday, and yet I had a great time. I, I don't think I've come out of the ground feeling so buzzed up as I did um, uh, for, for, for quite some time, you know, because I went, you know, football isn't about just enjoying the good times. You've got to go through the bad so you can actually un enjoy the good. Uh, and actually, if you can't go and accept the, a, a defeat as well as a victory, then you shouldn't really be watching football. You should go and find yourself another sport, you know, um, that that is less exciting, less tribal, less uh, and less uh, involving, if you like, from a from an atmosphere point of view. When it comes to that, it's very nuanced. Yeah, the nappy shitters are the ones who are demanding players go. Who, who, you know, they're the ones that want. We should spend another two hundred million pound. We need another six players. No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't need another six. Two maybe. But you know, it, that, that's who I'm aiming at. So it's not really at Mike. Uh, I'd like to meet Mike and just have you know have a beer with him and say actually, the kind of conversations that we have are the kind of conversations that people have in pubs after the games. People will agree and disagree. Most of the time, they'll just clink their glasses and go, "Well, we're never going to get the end of this one, so let's just move on." Um, you know, but I he's think not an I think 
Yeah, Tony. Just to pick up on a point you made, which I think is brilliant, actually, and and I, I, just to clarify that, I, I think I, I would agree with that, and I, I think that what we we take offence to are, you know, it, there's a, there's a sense of entitlement and a, a seeking of perfection that a lot of that we see, and I think it's predominantly on social media that we see it, which is like, yeah, I mean, you know, for example, what we didn't say earlier on today was that because we had a right old moan let's be honest about what was going on yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually that's what all supporters do that's kind of what it's about you know that's why we go yes. to the pub we moan if i see players doing something stupid on the pitch i have invariably sworn profusely at them it's kind of it's an emotional uh, irrational game but you know one thing uh that, that that it isn't is perfect and i'm sorry but no team even chelsea will win every game six nil and and one thing we didn't and on the other side of the coin Yes, while it felt very uncomfortable and annoying losing to Burnley for all of the reasons we went into, it's not the end of the world. You know, we've won one, ge- we've lost one game. There are thirty-seven to go. Last year, we we had a pretty ropey start for the first six games. And then we went on an unbeaten run for thirteen games, and we won the title. Who's to say the same won't happen? You know, exactly. it's for me. It's the people that that are viscerally, immediately reactive. Oh, that's right, we're going to get relegated. It's all shit. Sack the board. Sack the players. Go and replace them with. Go- that that's nappy shitting. <sighs> Not yeah, considered rational debate. Yeah. yeah, not considered rational debate and natural humpery about the situation. That's that's what we all do, you know. Sorry to yeah. butt in, Tony. Well, but I think also yeah. they, tend to, they tend to believe everything that they read on Twitter. <coughs> the oh, other thing yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, the nappy yeah. shitters. They'll read something negative. <clears throat> and there's another story going around that Barcelona have come in again for... Um, for Hazard, and uh, the, there was an article saying Hazard is uh, uh, the board, Chelsea board, had given permission for Hazard to go to Barcelona, which was just made up again. All these stories are made up instantly. Everybody's in. There's a whole series of people saying, um, "Typical of the board, they're dreadful. yeah, this club's falling apart." It, it's obviously a ridiculous story. It's almost as if they seem to, they, they, everybody gets wound up immediately by just one one bit of fake news. It's it's to me that's. That's snappy shitters as well. I mean, I, w- I would temper something which is really interesting because actually there's a lovely lad called B. Pacheco12 on here who's made a very good point, Clayton. And, 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 and I think we, we, particularly our generation, also have to, to have a bit of self-awareness and wise up to this. We are f- it, It's much easier for us to be sanguine about this and be realistic about it and go, oh, well, you know, we've seen worse. Because we have. If you're, if you're 16, 17, 18... You were born in, in well. If you were, if you're twenty, you were born in in 1997, which is you know you've known nothing but success in Chelsea being an elite club. You know you 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 weren't like us. You saw it when when it wasn't so good. And maybe we should remember that. And actually, B. Pacheco makes a great point here, which is I understand the the, the denouncing of those who overact on social media, but I don't like the divide being created between the nappy shitters and the proper, in quotes, match-going fans being created. And I have to say, Clayton, I, I agree with that, because I don't think it is as black and white as that. I think what happens is that, that when you see the reactions that you get from some people, i.e. the nappy-shitting, a lot of us older fans, in a, in a way, I think we, we, we get quite defensive about it and feel quite insulted, because it, for us, it's just not based in reality, because we have seen it a lot worse. But I, I, I don't think it should ever be a divide between if you go or don't, because I know plenty of people who go who nappy shit in the ground, and I know plenty of people who can't afford to go who never would, and I know plenty of people who are from all over the world who are as passionate and understanding of the cultural support as, as, as anybody. It, it's not that simple, is it, Clayton? No, it, it never is. I think... No. 
Jonathan was basically talking about those people who just react to every single news story. I mean, the thing about Van Dyke, Van Dyke thing is is basically to get Liverpool out of their shell and and sort of go and buy him at last because that's that's basically what's going to happen. We're, why would we want to buy another centre half? And I think, yeah, I you know, it, it is something I'm very conscious of when I'm, I'm writing an article or, or speaking on here is not to sound like, well, it it were, you know, it were different in my day. I know. Well, We'd all sound was, like Fred you know. Truman, wouldn't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, football's different. Football's not what it was. Football it mm. has changed. We have to remember that, you know, we're one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Um, I think it, it's, it is in order to be concerned, to show concern about things which are worth showing concern about, you know, like starting the season with two fit midfield players. I think that is a valid concern, not because I said it, but I actually think in reality, if you are a top club, you shouldn't have that sort of concern. But, you know, you talking about Gary Cahill, people slagging off Gary Cahill. Where are they from? They're they're not they're not fans. They're not supporters. And and yes, I can have an opinion and think. Well, if you're slagging Gary, Gary Cahill off, you're not a proper fan. You know. Yes, you can say I don't like him. I don't think. He's... No, no, no. You're not a proper supporter. But I yeah, think I right. think Mike's Mike's point you... was really. Sorry, mate. Just let me just butt in for a sec. Mike Mike had a really good point when he said that. Uh, you know, what did he say? A strong contingent of fans who seem to blindly support the club and see, you know, blindly support the club, and and, and you know, I, I I think there's a fine line to be drawn there between a supporter and you get behind the team and you forgive them their weaknesses and their you know mistakes and all the rest of it. But I don't think any of us, I I, I don't know anybody, any of my my lot, you lot, uh, are so blindly myopic that we think that everything that the club, the board, the players no. do is is all wonderful. We criticise. Uh, I hope in a considered way, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My rant was really considered, wasn't it? <laughs> well, you know, but it's no, an emotional I, I, game, you know. It, it, it is, and there should be emotion. And and I I didn't have a problem with with stuff that Mike was saying because the bottom line is, we've all got opinions, and if everybody's yeah. right, it's very boring. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that uh, B. Pacheco... I wish I knew your proper name because it's quite hard for me to say in my stupidity, but yeah, I, I think he's having a popper... Well, he's not having a pop, but he's kind of mentioning the fact that Dan quite Dan Levine quite often, you know, uh, digs people out on Twitter and basically draws that distinction and said, you know, well, when was, the, when was the last time or, you know, when was the first time you ever made it to Stamford Bridge? Which, which he may or may well be right. I, I think just to, I think to be fair to Dan, uh, Mr. Pacheco, because Dan's a very good friend of ours and he's an absolutely fantastic bloke. But Dan is not, not somebody who will ever shirk away from a confrontation. And I think he, you know, he's got a very big Twitter following and, he, and, he, and it's his job to come out with opinions and, and a lot of articles. And I think, like a lot of people, when he gets attacked, he feels that he has every right to defend himself. Personally, I wouldn't choose to do it in the way that he does, but I'm not Dan and he's not me. But I, I, I certainly would d- always defend his right to do that, whether I disagree with it or not. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. no, I, I agree. I, yeah, let, <clears throat> let's move on. We've got, we've got three got, more I've other got emails. Ten, I've got ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, all right, exactly. Mate, I, I haven't eaten and I've been needing a pee since ten past seven. Right, very quickly, Jonathan. Emilio Herath, which gets my award for second best email of the week because Mike's was a cracker, but this really had me in stitches when I read it. It came in two emails. I've joined them up, all right? Okay, this is from Emilio Herath. Hello, Emilio. 
Um, in the words of the girl who likes balls, fuck Craig Porson. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Kind regards, yeah. Emilio. Apologies, everyone. In of rage, in well, no, this was the rage. second email. I should, I should explain to you. He then yeah, sent this one literally two regards, minutes after. Emilio. Second email. Apologies, everyone. In my fit of rage, I forgot to ask my question. This feels strangely <laughs> similar to the season after we won the title with Mourinho. Hazard's injured and the club is struggling to bring players in. They can't make the same mistake again, can they? What do you guys think? Thanks, Emilio. I'll tell you what, let's read the next one and then Daniel's, and because Daniel asked much the same question, so we can answer yeah. all in one go. This is from Mark Graver. Well, that was proper Chels. Welcome back, by the way, Mark. And his, <laughs> and his email. <laughs> from, He's from not Daniel, wrong. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Cabral, Cabral. Cabral. Hello, Chidge. Well, not off to a great start, but it could have been much worse. My concern isn't so much what I watched Saturday. My concern is what does this mean going forward for Chelsea and Conte? Does this not remind us two years ago with Mourinho? Let's compare. One, we win the title quite easily. And during the summer, Mourinho expresses the need for more signings. Two, Mourinho has a falling out with a few players. Three, Mourinho gets frustrated with the board. Is this not deja vu? Why is it that the club feels it doesn't need to make many signings after winning the title? And also, players that Chelsea wanted to bring in, do they feel they don't want to come to a club like Chelsea because of the consistent change of manager? I know at Real Madrid they change managers often, but it's Real Madrid. Lastly, Chelsea sold Oscar and are going to sell Costa in January. Why then did the club sack Mourinho? I do think we could have won the title under Mourinho and look at all the signings he's made. Those players will be wearing blue with a lion on their chest. Best Chelsea podcast. It's just simply the best. Well, can I, can I? I've got. I've got. I'm a. You know. Come on. The podding shed is at least. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> oh, Get out of here. In, in in brackets was written other than the podding shed. Of <laughs> course. Oh, or the Chels, or 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 the Chels, or London is blue. Yeah, Daniel, you're an absolute sweetheart, and I'm very touched. But uh, I'll be honest with you, the podding shed's my favourite uh, Chelsea podcast. But don't tell anybody I said that. Um, I ought to just quickly before we answer the question is, is to answer Mr. Pacheco, who's very kindly said, "My name is Byron." Chidge, Byron. appreciate the discussion. From now on, I'm going to call you Lord Byron, OK? That's actually a compliment. Um, right, so where do we start? Is it all... Is it, is it going to... Is it a, Clayton, is it going to be a Mourinho meltdown season or what? Um, no, I, th I think this is, this is different. I think um, yeah. if you think about that whole Mourinho season, he, according to Simon Johnson... Um, he basically kicked off on the tour in America and was at war with everybody from day one. Um, everybody knows my views about Jose. I, I think he fell out with the board, but did he fall out with the board because he, he wanted, wanted to, go to, to Man United. Or, or because it, you know, it, the, the board wouldn't um, give him what he wanted. You know, the, the story is that he wanted three players. The, the board said, you won the league by a country mile. You don't need new players. Jose knew that you need to refresh a squad. Um, the, the, the sort of the major difference here is that um, Conte has had three excellent signings to bolster the squad. Um, as I 
may have alluded to earlier on um the the problem here is the fact that we haven't got as big a squad and you don't really know um about why it's happened so i can't you know i i think when people were trying to say is this a Mourinho type meltdown i looked at that team in the second half um on saturday and that wasn't the team that meekly caved in um in Mourinho's last three months that that was a team that was committed I mean running and still trying to get something out of a game when you're down to nine players no I I, I mean I can see the similarities and I can see sadly I can see it going the same way but I don't actually think it's I don't think the atmosphere's as poisonous within the club and with the players and the manager I mean the manager and the board might be at odds but I don't I don't see it as as sort of the same. I couldn't agree more with that, Clayton. I've got nothing to add on that because I think that's spot on. Jonathan, what say you? Oh, I don't know. I hope it doesn't uh, lead to him departing. Um, but I think it's uh, I think it's it's very complicated uh, because, as I think I said earlier, I think he's um, he's in a bit of a sulk, old uh, Conte because he's not getting his way. Um, so uh, we'll just have to see how it all unfolds. Um, I suspect that, you know, unfortunately, the press aren't going to let it lie and they're going to really, uh, we need to win a few games, in which case they'll, 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 they'll not um, be on our tails. But if, it, if we lose the next two, uh, and it's difficult because they're, they're tricky fixtures, um, we're going to be really uh, for it, I think. It'll be... Uh, Imploding. I think that's the, that's one of the problems is everybody will be on our backs, which they want to be, which they are at the same extent at the moment. Um, and uh, I think, you know, the, the Costa thing hasn't finished yet. He'll Because uh, if he does return, um, there'll be a massive um, press entourage following him, following him around. And if he then does come back and train, they'll be following him. And if he does then end up playing in the reserves, they'll be following him. It's, um, it's what they want. They want him to come back, obviously, because then they can try and get him fit and sell him. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's not looking too good for me, I'm afraid. Mm. Tony, cheer us up, please. I, I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, jump on the the uh, the good ship optimism, which is unusual for me. Um, I don't think so. I, I I understand those three points that Daniel's made. It does look very similar, but it's a bit like saying Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs um, means that um, Pulp Fiction would be the same film, and it wasn't. Um, I, th- I think you you can't look at uh, precedents set. I think this time they, they chose Conti very carefully. Um, he may well be stressed out. I mean, he's, he's he's probably had to cope with the fact that he's moved his family over here. Um, there, there may be a level of expectation which wasn't there last season, which is there this season. Um, you know, he he probably couldn't have put a foot wrong last season. Um, I'd like to think they're adult enough. You know, his demeanour to me looks less happy, but it doesn't look unhappy. Um, to me it just, just doesn't he looks like he's been very clear probably quite serious and, and maybe we saw a slightly false picture of, of Conti with his kind of uh, rather joyful Super Mario persona last season um, when in actual fact if you look back at the Juventus days he was quite a serious quite a um, a deep thinking person so I'm going to err on the side of that I think the club would be stupid I think if they if he walks or um, you know they sack him and you know we get that a busted flush because hitting back, um, you know, to me, that, that would be shocking because I don't want to sit through another fucking half season of that bollocks that we had after Jose. Um, 
So I, 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 I don't think so. I think, you know, we're, we're, we're one game into the season. There's two weeks of the transfer window left. I, th- I think there will be a couple of players coming. I think, I hope, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is one of them because um, I think he'll be great for us, a kind of mini Essian beast-like player. Um, and I think, you know, once we get a couple of players back, once you know, if, when Hazard and Bakayoko are fit and, and whatever, you know, that squad starts to look a little bit better. And yes, Musonda and some of the kids, Boga, are in there, as they should be. So uh, yeah, I'm still reasonably optimistic. Do I think we'll win the Premiership and all that? Possibly not. But we tend to do things on a, you know, on a, on an alternating season basis. <laughs> As Greg mm. Grimes says, I might take 10th this season if we win the Premiership next season. Well, <laughs> you know, the Champions we League. Well, I mean, yeah. just, to, just to wrap it up, I mean, you, you know, number one, I, I, I think actually our first 11, given the replacements we've got in, is as strong, if not stronger, than last year. I think Morata's possibly an upgrade, Bakayoko too, uh, and Rudiger looks a good player. So I, I think that, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. We've only lost one game. I think Clayton's point, absolutely nails it for me is, and that's why I left so happy on Saturday because what I saw was a team that fighted or fighted fought tooth and nail <laughs> to uh, to try and get a result and we didn't see that with Mourinho they just bloody down tools because they all hated him and he, he 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 manipulated that in my view so I don't think there are any comparisons there uh, I do I do think there is a very real danger that Conte will will walk away I mean you know, there's no smoke without fire, and there've been reports for quite a while that 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 he's not really happy. You know, and he, you know, when he said, "I'm exhausted, I need a break," and all of this, he's done it before at Juventus. Um, I think he's more likely to walk than we are to push him out. Or at least I hope so, because frankly, um, if I'm in the board at Chelsea, I will be doing everything to make that guy happy and back him. I mean, he he is a superb manager. I think he's arguably one of the best managers in the world, and we are very lucky to have him. And I would be giving him what he needs and what he wants. And I would be trying to make sure he stays no matter what because I think he's that good. And if he does go, I should be very upset. And I should be even more upset if they um, appoint Slutsky by Christmas. Although I might have a bet on that. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> All right, enough. Enough rambling on. Um, I, so I, I'm sorry earlier. That's a bit of a private joke. Earlier on, we were all on the Facebook group and we were we and I, I, I threw the, the little red herring of Slutsky by Christmas just to wind them all up. And Jonathan came in later and said, where's this rumour that we're going to have Slutsky as a manager coming from? <laughs> I absolutely I did, him, did him beautifully. But there you go. Anyway, enough, enough, enough. We're way over time. Clayton's got to go, go to bed. Uh, so we really need to go. Right. We love receiving our emails and we always try and read them out on the show, as you know. So send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com, Freudian slip, before Monday. Uh, Right, that's all we've got time for this week. Don't forget to download the Kerry Dixon show on Thursday when Kerry and I will be previewing the match against Spurs coming up this Sunday. Uh, Uslop will be back uh, Monday, uh, next Monday, 7 o'clock, and I'll be joined by the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Uh, Dan Silver for no problem. Dan Silver for his first appearance of the season and the debut of the uh, a promotion from the academy. In fact, the lovely Hion Carbis, who is wonderful. He's a lovely chap, very young lad, and he's going to be looking after the website. So we've got him on next Monday. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, uh, Clayton at Goldie Fifty Nine, Tony at Grocer Jack UK, and of course check out the website. ChelseaFanCast.com. Loads of good blogs up there. Thank you to the Chelsea Fancast bloggers. Keep them coming. And look out for my stuff for uh, football.london and for Yahoo. I'm also writing for Yahoo as well. So lots of stuff from me if you haven't had enough of me already on the show. 
Right. Uh, time to go. It's been great fun this week. Tony. Oh, yes. I mentioned to say, sorry, quickly, Tony. Massive happy birthday to Nikki Davidson, who uh, I, I love to pieces uh, and who, who has been listening to the show for years and years since it started. It's her birthday today. And she's great. And uh, Tony, uh, Tony, Andy, uh, so sorry to hear about your mum-in-law. And, and you've had a rough old Andy, time yeah. recently. So it's yeah, about yeah. time we see Absolutely. you for a pint. Yeah. Cheer you yeah. I meant to say that earlier. Stay strong, sorry. Andy. Stay strong. Yeah, yeah stay strong. Better, Chin up, Andy. fella. There's a, yeah, uh, just uh, one thing, Chich. Yes, 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 yes. We'll be doing a podding shed for a bit of cross advertising. What's the, pod- what's the podding shed? What's the podding what shed? This it's podding on shed? Wednesday and it's a very, very different <laughs> style to this. Okay, It's great but, fun. Uh, Who have yeah, you got on? You got some, you, you've back. nicked a few of ours, as always, haven't you? Who have you got on? <laughs> uh, I've, I'm sorry, mate, but I've got Martin Wickham. And I don't really Shit, don't! Off. It's like a dagger in my heart when you say that. <laughs> uh, and also, prior to his first appearance on the fan cast, I've got Dan Silver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I ought to say, actually, you, I know that they're all fired. Fuck them. Um, anyway, <laughs> the uh, I, I should. You've actually given me, which I was going to avoid totally. Clayton can't believe it, but he's lost finally because you've reminded me that I should have announced earlier on that uh, after the Supporters Trust AGM yesterday, my team in the Chelsea quiz, Chidge's Casuals, which was me and uh, Martin Wickham and Kunal. Uh, we stuffed the opposition, and yes, we've won our second trophy in three years. So how about those apples? We stuffed them out of sight, mate. Mainly because of Martin, it has to be said. But actually, me and Kunal were all right too. And on that happy note, I think it's time to go before we combust. Right, gotta go. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.